if you find yourself with the same incurable curiosity as us, this is a place for you. This is Spiritual Smorgasbord with Cheyenne and Desiree. Hey, Cheyenne. How are you doing today? Good. Uh, you just got back from Dallas like today? Yeah. A few hours ago? Yeah. Did you fly? There. Drove back. Okay. What was flying like? <laughs> well, let's just say that I'm not a fan of United anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I digress. It was good. We got there. We didn't have to like skip flights or take a rental car, so... It's good. Did you eat fondue? <sighs> yes, I did. I know how much you love fondue. <laughs> I do. I really like fondue. <laughs> even though, like, I can't eat even half of it. I've never yeah. done fondue. I've just watched it on, like, TV shows and stuff. It's amazing. Okay, so every time someone th- says fondue, I think of an episode of that 70s show mm-hmm. where Kitty makes fondue for the neighbors. I don't think I saw it. But it was definitely like a 70s, 80s kind of thing. And then it's not as popular now. Well, and then there's a scene on Schitt's Creek where like the mayor invites, you know, the Schitt family over for fondue and he drops something in the fondue plate (laughs) and he like puts his hand in it and pulls his hand out covered in cheese and like eats it. And these people, you know, are mortified. Yeah. And now anytime anyone's like, I'm going to have fondue, I picture those two things. I picture that 70s show and Schitt's Creek. So. No, fondue is amazing, honestly. What's the best part about it? I didn't know we were going to go this in depth, but screw it. Okay. So there's basically four courses usually, and it starts with cheese. And it's like a a handmade cheese. They start with like a light beer or wine base, and then they add cheese and spices to it. And then they give you bread and vegetables that you dip into it with these little forks. Do they cook it in front of you on like yeah. a hot plate? Yeah. Oh. The hot plate's on the table. So you get a little hibachi feel. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Then after cheese is a salad. Um, and then after the salad is your main course, which you can either do on just like a griddle kind of thing and clarified butter. Or you can put it in broth, kind of like a hot pot. And they basically just bring you all the raw meats or whatever it is that you've ordered for the main course and you dip them in there and cook them or put it on the skillet and cook them and then eat them. And they're all like little bite-sized pieces. And then after that, you do the chocolate fondue, which is probably the best part. Okay. Wait. I lied. Okay. I have seen a chocolate fondue found before and I have... I have dove into it. It was on my honeymoon in Jamaica. Oh. It was one of the last nights... They did, like, a king crab buffet. Oh, yum. And I just remember, like, looking over and seeing a huge chocolate fountain, and I was like, (laughs) no freaking way. (laughs) See, I usually stay away from those, especially, like, at buffets when you see kids up there with, like, their, they put their hands, they take them right out of their mouth, they put it in the chocolate, and then they get some, you know, they just go back and forth. I just rely on science for that. I'm like, (laughs) like like my immune immune system's good. Yeah, the chocolate heats up to a degree where it kills off their bacteria and it doesn't even exist by the time that hits me it's an absolute illusion that i'm 
I'm eating <laughs> eating their germs. Yeah. Or yeah, you're right. You can just stay away from it. But there were no kids at this resort. Well, that's nice. Again, I said it was my honeymoon. Hopefully, so was, adults would not do that. I don't know. I didn't. Some see might. It. Maybe I did it. <laughs> Maybe you I was did. like you're like you were the one. And just like put my finger in there. <laughs> and someone at the table over there is like, "There's no children allowed." <laughs> But it's so, better It's better at the fondue place because it's your own private bowl of chocolate. So you highly recommend fondue is what I'm getting. I really do. So you're like, yeah. I'm going to Dallas. I'm I mean, fondue. I regularly, and by regularly, I mean probably once a month, will, because there's nowhere here. There's nowhere where we are in Wichita. We should open a fondue place. The Kansas City, Oklahoma City, like you have to go somewhere bigger mm-hmm. to have it. So probably once a month we drive to get fondue. I think it's really funny that you said you have to go somewhere bigger than Wichita. Yeah. Like for a minute you made me feel like I was like a small in a town. small town and this is not <laughs> no, a small a, town. No, but it's a smaller, it's a small big city. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. Or it's right. a big small came, city, I don't know. I'm originally from Illinois, but I came from Kansas City when I moved to Wichita. Yeah. And... Yeah, it it is smaller, but it's really spread out. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta be careful running your errands sometimes because yeah. you'll just spend all day. Spend all day <laughs> running so yeah. many different parts of town. Yeah, but that's funny. You're like, oh, we have to go someplace bigger than Wichita for fondue. I'm like, what Wichita compared to where I'm from? Right, is where. Well, is I what think Wichita could head. definitely support a fondue restaurant. Yeah, they're like the capital of restaurants. It it really is. It 100% like Pizza Hut is. started here. Mm-hmm. My my grandmother in law was the secretary to the CEO of Pizza Hut, oh. and she every time I go over to her house, she like tells me stories about those days, mm-hmm. and uh, like he gave her her name that she has now. Oh, like that's so cute. Like what she goes by? Yeah, mm-hmm. when she still because her name's Claire Jane. Mm-hmm. She she just really has never been a fan of her name. So I used to joke with her that we were going to name Monroe Claire Jane. But <laughs> she probably she, didn't like that joke very much. She said, oh, don't you do it. <laughs> but uh, she, she, yeah, she met the CEO, and she was like, I don't like my name. And he's like, all right, well, you're CJ from now on. And to this day, she still goes by CJ. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Sweet little baby. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just to catch up on our lives. Right. You know, we're in Wichita. Desiree likes fondue. <laughs> a and little too much. there are a bunch of restaurants here. So many. You should come. You should just come to Wichita to eat and go to museums. Yeah. That's where I usually take people when they come and visit. They're like, what are we going to do? It's like, if you think we are bar hopping, you're going to be sorely disappointed <laughs> because we're going to the World Treasures Museum. Right. I'm taking you to the Keeper of the Plains. <laughs> I'm going to show you our totem pole. Our art museum's pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. We have a huge piece of the Berlin Wall and the World Treasures Museum. Oh, my gosh. So much history. So much stuff. Keeper of the Plains, I think we should do an episode on. Oh, yeah. The Keeper is, is probably one of the premier sites here. Whatever that noise was, it was weird. Maybe they know what our topic is today. Well, yes, that (laughs) great segue. It's starting. So we are following up Andy and Tiffany's episode. We named it A Whole New World, and it was about them facing the reality of uh, the spirit's 
fucking with you. Right. That's the best <laughs> way that I could describe their story. And living through that traumatic experience. Yeah, and experience. living through it. Where mm-hmm. We, we uh, dive into, you know, how they met, what their viewpoints really were on the spiritual realm, and if ghosts can contact you, if demons can possess you or mess with you or anything. And they have uh, quite a terrifying story for mm-hmm. a demon that decided to um, play with them. Mm-hmm. Out in Colorado to the point where they actually had to get an exorcist by a French Catholic priest. Yeah. Which I talked to Andy this week when I told him that we were going to, you know, kind of pull out some points on his episode. We, uh, He said they really liked going to his church because this was a church that had really separated themselves away from the modern day Catholic church because they were still doing all of their services in Latin. Mm. which is why they really enjoyed going. He said, I have no idea what he said half the time. He's like, I had to translate most of it. He goes, but it was just a beautiful ceremony. And they really had a lot of parts about Catholicism that I still enjoy to this day, but I do not follow Catholicism. Mm. So I thought that was cool Mm -hmm. um, because if you go back and listen to the episode, the priest talks about how it doesn't matter if you're Catholic or this or that, like he's here to serve the Lord and help you. Mm -hmm. And that, that shined a good light on Catholicism for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get too in-depth in that because you should probably just go listen to the episode. I will tell you. If they haven't already. Yeah, if you haven't already, <laughs> thank you for checking it out. But if you haven't and you're like me and you don't do good with ghost stories, I would not <laughs> listen to it at night. because I was When you're by yourself at your house. When you're by yourself at your house. Because I was editing it at my house uh man still thinking back to this and it started getting dark around the time where we started you know talking about the knocking on the tables and all the weird stuff and i just got horrible chills and i had to turn on some really really nice happy positive music and like light some sage and whew, i do not do good with <laughs> stuff like that especially not today, Satan. like yeah not today <laughs> so um Oh, God, I just have goosebumps from thinking back to just their episode. So maybe if you listen to it, you're like, this is not scary at all, you pansy. I'm like, <laughs> mm, freaking me out. <laughs> so, But we're definitely going there today. Yeah, we're going there today, but please go listen to that episode and like tell me how you felt when they started telling the story. And like picture yourself as them, because that's probably what freaked me out the most is I was like, what would I do? What would I do in that situation? But you have some fascinating stuff about, like, spirits in general. Yeah. So in this episode, I'll be going over just um, different types of entities and spirits as kind of just a baseline. And then I'll be going over uh, origin of uh, exorcisms, uh, some contradictory beliefs between certain religions and kind of... Uh, there's that kind of word again, trying to get rid of that. Um, and I'm just going to dabble in the way that certain religions do the practice. So of getting rid of those spirits. Of getting rid of them. I'm not going to, I'm going to timestamp as much as I can. I know we'll be jumping from like 17th century to 1973. <laughs> you know, like we're going to be bouncing around all over hell. But we're here so you don't have to Google. So will you uh, tell me what you found over there about all of the spirits? 
Yeah, absolutely. Please and thank you, because this is the part that I love (laughs) most about being with you is I'm like, I'm going to learn today. (laughs) Do-da, la-la. Yeah, so um, I think the first thing we should probably do is just kind of talk about what a ghost is um, or a specter, as it's sometimes called. Um, It's basically the idea that a person's spirit exists separately from their bodies, but soul, I guess you could call it, maybe. But what this is, is just the energy they leave behind. Um, Not everyone turns into a ghost. Sometimes you move on, but sometimes you do leave the energy behind. And you can leave that energy behind in lots of different forms that I'll go over here in a minute. Um, But also there are entities and entities aren't from an actual person. They're still energy and they still um, are something that you experience, but they aren't necessarily something that a person like you know, your great-grandmother has passed away and you're experiencing her spirit. This is something that's not ever been a person. That's an entity. Um, And I'm going to start kind of by talking also about um, Egregores. Egregores. Oh, we look this Egregores. Egregores is how it is. Yes. So basically what these are, these are a manifestation of negative energy. Um, They are created from people's negative thoughts. So different than ghosts, different than entities, these are, you can actually create a manifestation from negative energy. Um, I've actually worked with a client who had created one of these in his his home. It was his parents' home. There were, and um, then his sister had the home and he lived there with his sister. And there was one of these, I don't know, energies <laughs> in the basement of their home. And um, it had come about because of just some abuse and different things like that. But then also just the negative energy that they lived in um, created it and helped it. The important thing to know about them is that they exist they don't have an existence um, like a demon or a ghost or something like that has their own entity. When these are created from your negative energy, they can only be what you create them to be. So if you want to give them the energy of being a demon, then it can take that on. Um, but it can also just be negativity that develops. Dark manifestations. Absolutely. Dark manifestations. Very dark. Yeah. And not all spirits, ghosts, entities are negative. Um, so, a lo- yeah. What keeps popping up in my mind is a video that I watched from Hans Wilhelm. Mm-hmm. And he explains his perspective on demons, negative energy, and anything like that. And he draws a piece of paper and he does like seven or 12 dimensions. I can't remember, but he like lines them out like you would just Mm -hmm. keep drawing a sun over and over and over. Okay. Each dimension has a level, a color, all of that. So the source of light, divine love, all creativity right up at the top looks like a sun. And then you keep going out further and further and further. Mm -hmm. So the very last dimension you have, he just drew in black with a permanent marker. And he's like, all of that out there, he's like, that's your negative energy. That's your leftover astral energy. Those are broken soul contracts. Mm. He's like, what really they are, your brothers and sisters that have went so far away from source that they don't even recognize themselves and they have manifested themselves into this creature. Mm. So it really was um, cool for me to take on that information because I like to get so caught up in 
you know, like who started what or right. who like chicken or the egg. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> is this a Buddhist context or where mm-hmm. did Buddhism get this from? Mm-hmm. Is this is this Christianity or is it pagan? You know, right. you, it's really Origins. interesting. It's really. Yeah. To find the origin of stuff. So going through that. It basically just let you know that it doesn't have to be an origin or a religion. It's just that yeah, in, it's, in everything there is – in everything there's the positive and the negative, the dark and the light. And anything can move to the dark just as anything can move to the light. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really cool just like, again, unlabeled perspective mm-hmm. of how we could all lose ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I'm going to go turn into a demon. But um, <laughs> when you think of soul essence and what, like what you're doing, like mm-hmm. you're doing bad stuff. Are you like marking your soul? Good stuff. Are you illuminating or are you helping? Mm-hmm. Well, and I would say too that um, I think labeling good and bad is something that we do just as a human nature, mm-hmm. but... Um, in some of the work that I've been doing recently, like on the gateway experience and that kind of thing, the Mm -hmm. one thing that really sticks out to me is there really isn't a good and bad because everything has its purpose. The good has its purpose. The bad has its purpose. You set me up for the perfect story that I watched on spirit science on YouTube. Okay. So it's a story, um, this guy who lives on a horse ranch, all of his horses got out. And his neighbor came over and he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. All your horses got out. And the guy's like, who knows what's good or bad? Oh, yeah. I have a version of this, but yeah. Two days later, all the horses come back with more horses. So he gets all of his horses back and he sells the other ones off. And the neighbor comes over and he's like, congratulations on getting your horses back and making a profit on the ones that they found. And the guy, like, nodded, and he's like, who knows what's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So they kept one of the wild horses, and his son cool. was um, training the horse. Kid flew off the horse, broke his leg. Neighbor comes over, man, I'm really sorry about your son breaking his leg. That's just really bad. Guy says, who knows what's good or bad. A few days later, the Army comes by to recruit all the young kids, and he's deemed unfit for war because he broke his leg prior to training the horse. Neighbor comes back over and he's like, oh, my God, you are so lucky that his leg is broken. And the guy still was like, who says what's good or bad? Mm-hmm. That was another thing that broke me kindly. I was yeah. like, seriously, who says what's good or bad? Mm-hmm. And even though in a weird way, it, it doesn't take the, what am I trying to say? The accountability off of anything negative or any perpetrator in your life or any trauma that you've had. But it does take your blame game away from any perspective if you sit there and go, well, what's good or bad? Mm-hmm. If you retrospect your life and you think of the bad things that have got you to where you know you need to be now, mm-hmm. you can't go take those away. Right, right. So I think that's really cool that you mm-hmm. brought up the who really knows what's good or bad. Right. Because now when bad things quote unquote bad things happen to me, I'm still like, okay, I'm gonna let myself feel this in the moment because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna you know, I'll lock it up but sometimes You're gonna I'm get gonna upset if you break it. your leg. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, <laughs> when I tore my meniscus, yeah. I was very upset. Right. The light codes didn't work then. <laughs> in that moment there five, were five, no five, light codes. One five was really weird to apply to your knee. <laughs> Ugh. But that was that was a nice 
little tree branch. I'm glad you brought that up. I love that story. Who says what's good or bad? Yeah. There's a very similar story in um, the book A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, God. Your Eckhart Tolle references. A New Him Earth. It Dr. was my... Wayne Dyer. You're yeah. like, these are my boys. Well, but Eckhart is like what started my path, my journey, my, like, I, anyway. So, Obviously, I know that story pretty well from his book. Yes. I'm pretty sure you can recite it. <laughs> I probably could. Yeah. <laughs> so um, getting back to ghost spirits. and Yeah, go ahead. Didn't you say that there was a similar good and bad story on New Earth? Were you going to quote it? Or you oh, just I wasn't gonna, going. No. You were just going to name I'm teasing it. it. Oh, yeah, I'm teasing, teasing it. Oh. Because the, A New Earth, that book, like everybody you should can't, just read it. I know. You can't <laughs> pull it apart. I get that. Yeah. But you're like, okay, well, we're just going to go back into this. I'm like, yeah. damn, that was a nice cliffhanger, Desiree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Eckhart, send me the royalty check. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Back to spirits and negative energy, right. Desiree. <laughs> Money's not negative energy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of times hauntings are just spirits that are stuck on earth and they're trying to work through trauma that they experienced. Um, and in that spirit, um, <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, talking first about ancestral spirits. So ancestral spirits are um, literally just your ancestors. So anyone who you knew, like your grandmother or your cousin who's already passed away, anything like that, anyone you've known is an ancestral spirit. But also they can be so far back that you've never met them or known of them. All of that is your ancestral spirits. And a lot of times people will choose to work with their ancestors. Um, As with anything which we'll go into, you really need to be careful when you're choosing to go seek out a spirit to work with. First of all, you just really don't know what you're getting, regardless of your intention. Yes. Um, So do a lot of research and, you know, really understand what you're doing before you go and try to invoke working with something. I would like to interject a visual perspective of diving into contacting other earthly, worldly, spiritual beings. Picture like a black canvas, just everything's black. There's nothing, and that's it. And then out of nowhere, this poke of light comes through. Okay. Aren't you going to fly towards the light and try to go to the light? A hundred percent. That is what a medium told me. When she was explaining to me about my third eye opening, as far as being able to see the spirit world and them seeing you, them seeing you, because there's a difference Mm -hmm. like shadow people, for instance, I talk to a lot of regular people. (laughs) It's the best way I can say about them. Like they don't they don't talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, I see stuff out of the side of my eyes all the time. I was like, do you know that they're shadow people? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, yeah, I just, you know, never really thought twice about it. And me, on the other hand, I'm like totally into it. And if I see something, I'm like, go away. <laughs> Get out of my profile. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you can see them and they can't see you, that's one version of seeing. But when they can see back, talk back, and do all of that fun stuff, visualize it right now. You have poked a hole into that black abyss and 
everything in that abyss is going to come at it can come at it mm-hmm. and i don't mean that to scare you because with any practice it, it is, just means it's be all careful. about intention but mm-hmm. it's like if i'm going to build a house am i going to go research how to build a house or am i going to go to home depot that day pick up some lumber and pick and up some go find a piece of land and go figure it out right then no yeah. you have to do proper research you have to build a proper foundation mm-hmm. no matter what you're going to do And it's not like a free-for-all with rituals or anything because there are closed practices, but educating yourself on anything like that. I mean, Ouija boards. Uh. We'll bring that up later, but (laughs) don't don't fucking do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. I have a story about Ouija boards when we talk about them. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to shoot back over to all the crazy (laughs) entities that you're telling us about. (laughs) So uh, working with your ancestors, um, that's probably one of the safest ones there are. But um, and also, you know, a lot of our own shadow work is done through our ancestral work because we are breaking chains that have been held within our genetics and our DNA all through our generations. And so when we work with our ancestors and we break that and we heal that, that's all ancestral work. So the crazy thing about ancestors is my whole life that I've been told that we had um, indigenous blood mm-hmm. along with our German Irish heritage, like somewhere. There's this crazy story that I eventually will have to talk about with our ancestor side on my mom's family. Mm-hmm. But like literally our whole lives, it was like everybody. For the most part, it's German Irish, and then like we have just that small percent that everybody kind of has, like especially if you do the twenty three me and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we did it, and it was Scandinavian blood. Hmm. So, I mean, I've I'll always be in love with any Native American culture, anything like that. Um, but when I found out that it was Scandinavian heritage and ancestry and folklore and mythology and origin that I should have been looking at for the past 20 some years that was pivotal for Mm -hmm. me because it's completely different not that I was like going you know balls deep in Native American heritage and all of that stuff but you look like you could be negative Native American (laughs) very watered very watered down version or like very very outside a lot Mm -hmm. summer yeah um but German, Irish, and Scandinavian. And then I'm sure there's something else. I haven't looked at the report forever. But that that changed my ancestral and my generational trauma. Mm-hmm. And that came after I did Gene Keys with you. Just mm-hmm. the weekend because I still like need to go back into it. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to bring that up when you're trying to figure out your heritage is like... Don't just go with what your family told you. It's okay if you go out and, like, just check and see Mm -hmm. because, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. There's been so so much information in a part of me that I never would have known existed had we not done this. And we have to consider that stories break down as they go down, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, what you hear as indigenous may have been a Scandinavian story, but so many generations later, it's indigenous and now that must be Native American, you know. So, So it's just not, it's, you know, unintended misinformation that our families have for us. Yeah. But um, also, like, there's a lot of hidden stories, you know. 
the the daddy that never was because mommy told me it was this daddy and we just yeah. don't know that you know tended generations back that said oh by the way now you have, have african-american but the child mm-hmm. could pass so nobody ever well, knew. you also have to look at like mom's side and dad's side like my mom's family history has a really crazy story about like the astor family fortune oh yeah i remember you talking about that yeah and like the emmerichs and all of that stuff i mean Wow, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a book, I think it's called The Little Brown Suitcase. And it talks, oh, I can't even, oh, I can't even get into it. I was about to be like, it talks about, but I guess you could just go look up The Little Brown Suitcase and Mm -hmm. get it yourself. My sister's borrowing it again, and when she gets it back, I want to look through it again. But there's a lot of, I mean, really just riveting stories, and those are my family members. And I, we even have the newspaper clipping of like the, the court hearing and ever. It's just so crazy that, that that's our story. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them I should say because yeah. there's so many stories so involved. Many. Yeah. But again, when you think of your ancestors, like it's okay to go ahead and make Very sure. Fun. Like, listen, <laughs> yeah. If you're really into the inner voice thing, like mm-hmm. I am, just ask your guides. Because mm-hmm. I have a I have a friend who really likes to educate me on. Anything Native American, indigenous, whatever you'd like me to call you, let me know. Um, (laughs) And she shares every part of her culture with me. Like, you know, I'm getting older and these things need to be taught to everybody of the world. She's like, you love the earth. It doesn't matter if you're Native American or not. Like, yeah, if you don't love the earth, probably not going to show you my secrets. But (laughs) herbs, seeing, spirits, meditation, dance. She is just a well of knowledge and she's hopping around reservations right now helping with the protests mm. so she's like hey i'm i'm making jewelry um you know i'm saving up to go out to this protest here or she'll text me and tell me that she's you know in new mexico for a little bit like she bounces around all the time and then we'll eventually like cross paths again but she's been very kind and open with me since the beginning because she was also a person that I spoke with the day that I awoke. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm still waiting to meet somebody that, like, actively knew that they were waking up, Mm -hmm. like, as they're going through it and, like, wondering if, like, maybe they're having delusions of grandeur and they should, like, check into a mental institution versus realizing that uh, a kundalini awakening was, like, happening in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Because I remember all the people I talked to that day were all on my freaking level (laughs) and they're like it's okay you're gonna be fine like i remember when i went through this and i was like what is going on right now (laughs) i am breaking i am breaking (laughs) i have to get married in two weeks i was totally still gonna get married it wasn't anything like that but i was just like why i just want to be a normal person I don't want to see dead people. I don't want to see dead people. <laughs> yeah, that was like the confirmation that every other person you thought was dead your whole life and you like, you know, just pretended that it wasn't or, you know, blah, 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 blah. Anything that you can come up to be with, like, I don't see dead people. Then you realize they were all dead. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> well, at least a high percentage of them are relatives because um, I'm still not okay with. Um, like people coming up and being like, "Hey, go talk to my aunt, and you know, tell her that I I love the lily that you left." I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> "No, I don't think I have the strength to 
Long Island media my right. life up. <laughs> I am not about having a some, reality I mean, show right some now. Some <laughs> stuff comes in right now, and I, I do think that we're, we're all tools for the divine. You can go back to the church pew and be like, I'm here, you know, for God's purpose and God's plan for me. And I still feel that way, whether I identify it as God's plan for me and me realizing that I'm like a tool for the divine to channel and speak through. Mm-hmm. So if it happens to come out looking magical and mystical and against modern phenomena, science and limited beliefs, I guess I'm the kindest explanation for this. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to break you. I'm just trying to provoke you that there's more out there. Right. <laughs> so weird. So that's probably wrapping up ancestors. I mean, I think we had a good conversation on that. But there are so many other kinds. So, for example, earthbound spirits, that's probably one that we're all very familiar with. These are spirits that really just kind of get stuck because they've had a traumatic death. Perhaps they have unfinished business. And sometimes they don't even realize they've passed on. But any of these spirits are what's called an earthbound spirit. And it's usually who mediums work with. Um, and they help them release, move on, that type of thing. And that's that's really what we're most familiar with when we think of ghosts is that earthbound spirit. Some can be scary and they don't have to be scary. And usually if they are, it's because they've been personally tormented and they may not even realize that they're tormenting somebody else. It's just what they're experiencing as a spirit. So the other thing that we might experience as well is what's called a recording. Um, and recordings are things that you experience in the same place over and over again, or really it's them experiencing it in the same place over and over again. So a lot of times, like when you go on ghost hunts, I don't maybe that's just something I do all the time. <laughs> but if anybody goes on ghost hunts and what they're experiencing, if somebody has the same experience, like there's a little boy running down the hallway and going into that room, anything like that is really more of a recording. So it's their energy, um, something very traumatic or emotionally charged happened, and this ball of energy got stuck in that space and just replays it over and over and over and over again. That's called a recording. When is the last time you went on a ghost hunt? I do ghost hunts all the time. Stop. I do. I love them. They're so much fun. The first time I went, I literally was considering wearing pampers. I'm not joking, like adult diapers. (laughs) Where did you go? (laughs) Let's see. The first one, I believe, was in Wellington at a high school. I'm I'm sorry. Are you a part of a team or are you at home on Google? Like, fuck it. I'm going ghost hunting tonight. No. So, like, you buy tickets. Okay, okay, okay. And, like, that makes people who do this regularly will have an event where they have all the equipment and they tell you what to look for because they've been in that space before. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Because I'm literally like, do you just go ghost hunting on a Wednesday and forget to tell me? Yeah. I'm like, hey. Hey, uh, went on a trip. Hell of a time. <laughs> no, it's it, like they have the equipment. They have everything. Andy and Tiffany are part of the local ghost hunting team here. Yeah. And well, they're always like, yeah. hey, you know, they're doing it when it's end of fall, end of winter. They're like, we're starting our tours up again with the team. Like, you're coming it's with so much us. fun. I, no. No, no. Okay, so the very mm-hmm. first time I went, I was, no. I, okay, stop I was really scared that I was going to pee my pants, that I was going to get so frightened and, like, see apparitions, and I was just going to pee my pants. I'm shaking. Right. Right now. Electromagnetic field meters are commonly used to identify electrical problems, Mm -hmm. which now I know that they use those in 
They do, yeah. There's something on here that I was going to read later, and it was talking about, like, what makes people, from a scientific perspective, think that they hear those words. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I can relate it to is Neovi's music right now, (laughs) because he... He records really small vocal sound bites, just really quick audio clips, and then pieces them together melodically. And if they're meant to sound like a word to you, mm-hmm. then that then that's your own mind coming up that's with that. That's cool. So I started um, reading all of his tweets when he would put his album out because everybody would be asking questions about a minute and 32 seconds on this What's song. It say? What does that say? I think it says this. And some of them, they actually like were words that he chopped together really cool. But for the most part, it was up to the listener. And they heard a roundabout. And your mind is always going to try to form mm-hmm. it into words. It's right. like how you see faces in the clouds. Right. Your mind's going to do that with audio. I really wish that I could find the paragraph that I wrote about it. Because it is kind of fascinating. I don't want to take anything away from having Mm -hmm. paranormal experiences because that's boring as shit. Yeah. But to always talk about the other side of it, I do think I find it fascinating that our brains are always trying to grapple and Mm -hmm. make it as grounded as possible for you. Mm -hmm. And that's that's an easy way to realize you haven't you've seen dead people your whole life. Yeah. Well, and they use what's called a, bo- a voice box, right? And yeah. so um, it, it basically allows the entity to turn electronic um, sensations into words or form words. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying that I've never had an experience where I'm like, okay, that was weird. That was really cool and weird because I have a lot of times. I've just never actually physically seen anything or had a full-on like sentence-to-sentence conversation during one of these ghost hunts but yeah i get that but i also think science and hollywood did a really really good job of building something in our mind of like how it's supposed to be like like for instance if you look at how hans wilhelm explains the astral world and all of those entities they they're not like living in a linear timeline as us like they're just kind of walking around hazily Mm -hmm. even if they look at you like do you have no idea what their perspective is I don't think that they look at you and go oh I'm I'm a entity staring at a human being and they're still on earth living their life like it's not like this peering into the earth type thing and you can't see me but Hollywood's done a really really good job like especially with that what Patrick Swayze and ghost that movie Mm -hmm. with that's the perfect Hollywood example of what we want to believe and what we expect a ghost should be doing is a ghost is so human that Mm -hmm. even when they've passed on they still come and they play human with us Mm -hmm. and maybe that's the case in some aspect but not every aspect but I believe that we're conditioned to believe that ghosts are like that right so for instance, the guy that was driving the Tesla through the graveyard. Right. And it picked up all those entities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those entities 100% were there in mm-hmm. my belief system. Mm-hmm. Is he going to sit there, roll down his car window, pull up <laughs> his little Right. And be like, okay, walk on the front and corner. Go, yeah. And be like, hey, what's your name? And she's like, Betty. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I got her name. It's Betty. Betty, what's going on? She's like, just hanging out. But wouldn't it be cool if we could? I mean, yeah, it's cool, <laughs> but I think that's 
that's why it's so anticlimactic at this right. point when you look at those shows and they're like, we're in the insane asylum tonight. Yeah. And we're going to talk to murderers. Yeah. And I'm just like, next. Right. <laughs> because it, it, it takes the realness out of it when mm-hmm. you're trying to fluff it up with this is the way that you should see an apparition. Mm-hmm. This is the way the energy comes to you. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. This is the way you experience any kind of spiritual world. Yeah. yeah. Because your brain is like, nope, 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 nope. It's fine. Nope. Totally cool. Mm-hmm. It's not a dead person in front of you. <laughs> Blink. See? Yeah. Yeah, but th- those places where they do the ghost hunts, where it's like we, uh, you know, everybody has seen the little boy, or you know, yeah. everybody. And, is, I, and those I'm are on the belief system for that. I'm yeah. totally, mm-hmm. I'm there with you. I'm not there in person. Right. I won't watch <laughs> the video. Right. And like that's about it. So we'll so get in, and we'll get into things that I've experienced towards the end of the episode, and you'll understand that I'm not. I'm not like no, like f ghosts. I don't. I don't want to do anything like that. I don't provoke anything in my mind. Like my mind is still a sponge, <laughs> so I don't need things like that creeping up on me at night when I'm like laying in bed and I'm like, oh, remember that time we watched Amityville Horror? <sighs> No, no. I still have the goosebumps. I'm like, let's talk about something positive. Well, okay. So, so last thing on recordings is that um, it's important to remember that they aren't actually suffering. It's not like there's a an old spirit or an actual person who's suffering and running down the hallway into the room every day. Mm-hmm. It's just this energy that is replaying that, and so it's not a ghost. Does that make sense? It's just the energy that is continually going over that. So it's the same thing over and over again. That's that's kind of the definition of recording. Now, when you talk about like spirits of the dead, um, this is um, – it could be an ancestor, of course. It could be a husband of a wife who's still here. Any of that is a spirit of a dead and that is one type of ghost and one type of entity or spirit that you might encounter. Um, And a lot of times without even realizing they're, again, reacting to their trauma that they experienced, Um, they have unfinished business, any of that kind of thing. That can be the ghost or the spirit of a dead. And usually cleansings really quickly can get rid of that kind of thing. So it's not not evil or anything like that. It's just – it's here. It's here and we have to let it move on. Um, Another kind of spirit that we might work with is spirit guides. Um, So those can be – well, those are very personal to you. Spirit guides are very personal to you. They're what you experience. But they can be anything from a deceased ancestor, even somebody that you've never met, ascended masters, and even angels. And I have a really cool story about um, working with an angel It was my first experience in trying to connect with my spirit guides. And we might have talked about this on one of the other episodes with a guest, but I'm going to recap it real quick, which is I went to a class on how to connect to your spirit guides. And, you know, I was kind of skeptical, I'll admit, going into it. But afterwards, I um, lost my skepticism (laughs) about being able to connect with spirit guides because I don't, I've not ever really studied necessarily angels, archangels, anything like that. But, um, we were at a point in this, I guess, class where we did a meditation to meet our spirit guide and ask them to give us their name. And, um, the name they gave me, they used 
people in my life to spell it for me because we were asked to spell that we were told to ask them to spell it. And so um, the first letter they gave me was an A and a U interchangeable. And then they said um, my husband, which is Rick, they said the first part of his name. And then they said my youngest daughter, which is Eleanor, they said the first part of her name. So, I, you know, like I'm just writing down stuff and I'm like, A-U interchangeable, R-I-E-L. Like I have no idea what this is. And so then I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to go with it. They're telling me Ariel or Uriel. I don't know. And um, then I asked him, I'm like, okay, so are you – are you, well, okay, so I translated that in my own filter and said it was Ariel, right? And so I'm like, oh, so kind of like the little mermaid, does that mean you're a woman, right? Because <laughs> that's Ariel to me. I'm like, I've got Ariel on my spirit guides. <laughs> and um, – so I know, right? <laughs> so I, I literally, I'm like, oh, Little Mermaid. That that means that this is crap, right? And so, <laughs> and they very, they were very strong, and they were like, no, do not make me a boy, do not make me a girl. I'm neither, and I'm both, and I'm all of it, right? And I'm like, okay, I don't understand that, but whatever. So I walk away from the class, understanding that this is my spirit guide, or the one that came forward during this kind of investigation period. And I was telling some friends of mine who are very spiritual, who have studied all this, who, you know, were Catholic or whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. So they know this stuff. And so they look at me and they're like, you mean Uriel? And I'm like, I don't know. They're like, that's an archangel. And I'm like, what? So uh, anyway, so I went and investigated. And I'm like, okay, so this makes a lot of sense now. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea that this was this archangel stepping forward saying, hey, by the way, I'm here with you Mm -hmm. until afterward. And I was like, that was really cool. But, um, you know, we have a lot of spirit guides and there's going to be one that steps forward when you're asking for it. Um, There's going to be one that's with you your whole journey from birth to death. But you have a lot of them, whether they're angels, whether they're ascended masters, whether they're ancestors, it doesn't matter. Um, So, you know, it's, it's important just to kind of know that you always have guides and spirits around you. Uh, Breaking down spirit guides... I went to a similar class, and it wasn't Meet Your Spirit Guides. It was Meet Your Guardian Angel. Oh. And it was a guided meditation to do that. And that was uh, that was the time after I had, like, uh, the meditation that broke me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to listen to the voice in my head. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, if it, you know, if it feels good, it's for me. If it doesn't feel good, then I'm not going to learn it or go towards it. Like, there's mm-hmm. something else I should be doing instead of, resisting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um i guess the cool thing that i like about spirit is that it it adapts with technology right right so i'm like okay i'm gonna get on facebook even though i should meditate and i'm just gonna scroll and uh, i was scrolling and the new age center had to meet your guardian angel meditation and i scrolled past it and then the voice in my head was like go back seriously (laughs) like you, are you are you going to listen is mm-hmm. kind of how I heard it. And I was like, okay, I go back up. And I was nervous because it was out of my comfort zone. Um, one, because I just always feel very vulnerable no matter how big of a city I live in. I'm like, oh, little, little Cheyenne that used to not even be able to get around without a GPS has to go to the store, sit in this class with these strangers and be very vulnerable in mm-hmm. something that seems very taboo to me at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember it being like, 
oh yeah, fuck it. Like I have to listen to the voice in my head that's not my ego mm-hmm. trying to pull me away from everything because your ego is definitely your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. you're like one hundred percent. So if you if you're like pulling away from yourself and you're like, oh, it just felt really weird and resistant. I'm like, yeah, that's your ego. <laughs> Right. (laughs) It's a dick. Right. Your ego does not want you to evolve. It likes you being stuck in your id. Well, it does. It's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, let's just do the same humdrum. Mm -hmm. So I go to the class, um, you know, have quite a really good experience with it. And it wasn't it didn't push me too far because I had done like I had meditated before I had done I did a past life regression meditation by myself one time don't do that but I've done that so like I've seen stuff before I'm like I'm comfortable when phenomenons do present themselves because it does provoke me into a better part of myself in the continued evolution that I want mhm so I guess I'm really open minded is how I long-windedly say that I'm always like ooh I'm just like incurably curious right um so my my guardian angel not my life guide which is why i want to pull apart the spirit team my guardian angel's name is sarah oh and my best friend in like the entire world since we were kids like i have a lot of best friends from back home i have like three main ones that oh love so much but my best friend's name is Sarah, and we have best friend tattoos, and they say eternal bind. Because mm. when we were trying to figure out our tattoos when we were getting them when we were 18, I was like, I don't want you in just this life. Like, I want you forever. Like, I love you so much. But with her, I was like, you're my forever, like, no matter where I go, what we do. So uh, we have eternal bind, and I just remember... Uh, when I like heard Sarah and then like I saw, which would be like my, my interpretation of an angel, like is very glowy mm-hmm. where we were. Um, I'm just getting so giggly thinking about both my Sarahs. <laughs> uh, I just felt like really at home because I have, I've known Sarah since I was a kid. Like she's one of my oldest relationships. So the fact that someone that's quote unquote floating up around me, mm-hmm. you know, um, is the name of the girl that's been with me my whole life. It's just, it's very comforting. And then again, like I had been practicing yoga, so I understood really feeling your body and connecting with your body and realizing like when you feel bliss, you follow that. And when you feel harmonious, like you follow that feeling versus Mm -hmm. that voice coming in and being like, I know you feel good right now, but this is fucking weird. Yeah. You know, like (laughs) altered states of consciousness through sober practices i will say um are a, they're a really good indication to see if you're on the right path yeah. if you think like you know doing a bunch of psychedelics every day to connect you to spirit i'm not judging anybody but i i like the recreational aspect of it but i don't necessarily think that that's the only way that you should know how to go yeah absolutely i mean i would say like because i plan on going to some retreats okay <laughs> i'm going to costa rica right i'm not gonna say that i won't do it because i really want to do, wanna do not, the ayahuasca it's not my it's not my everyday ritual it's right. not my thing like i'm not gonna reach for my shrooms and then go meditate because right. i really want to build that connection yeah sober well and part of me just in my experience with using some of that stuff um i feel as though my connection is harder to make after 
I do something like that. So I do try to stay away from it. It doesn't mean that I won't, that I will only not do that. But because there are some things I want to, I want to do and experience. Mm -hmm. But I do think that um, building a connection without helpers is stronger and easier and better in the long run. There's a meme where it's like a spirit team, like, you know, all cool and astral. Yeah. And then like the spirit coming up and like the top of it is like, when you do LSD to meet your spirit guides, and then they have a quote from the spirit guides where you're like, evolve, you're up with them, and they have their hands on you, and they're yeah. like, quit doing LSD. Right. <laughs> and you're Stop like, I came, I came all the way up here to hear that. <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought was really funny. So that Guardian Angel Sarah, I have a life guide. Uh, Jeremiah is what Connie channeled for me. Hmm. Um, so I will talk to him and... Um, I went to a medium back home around the time that I was going through all of my awesome awakening stuff, like the really like high vibes, I would say of it. And uh, we were talking about all the loved ones that would come in and assist me in times where like I knew something, someone was there at that time, but I didn't know who it was. Mm -hmm. When you listen to your inner voice, you eventually get better and more confident at it. But Mm -hmm. I was in like my learner Hey, I see here shit phase. What the what is going on? Like, <laughs> right. What's your story? Uh, and she told me a story about one of my friends that had passed away. I think we were twenty two or twenty three when he passed away, and I actually did not process his death. Like, I mean, I guess I did as best I could at the time, but like, even when I looked back as I was going through your shadow work, so to speak, um, his death came up, and I was just. <sighs> I was just kind of like reminiscing and when I went to the reading she is very spot on with things that there's just no way that you like nobody knows the story but one other person and I'm sitting there and this um, grandfather figure had just left he like came in to say hi he was like three or four generations back he just wanted he wanted me to know that he had been here my whole life, so I understand the connection of your ancestors always being there, even if you never met him. Right. Right? So, no, I don't have a name. It was just, that was the importance is that I didn't know him, but you are connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lady starts laughing, and she's like, this kid that's coming in right now is so funny. And I was like, oh, God, I wonder who it could be, because um, I haven't lost, like, a lot of friends, but we've mm-hmm. lost a lot of youth just in like my short 30 years, there's mm-hmm. people that I'm like, why? Um, oh, the story makes me so happy. And she starts laughing and she says, I'm just going to say this phrase and see if you know it. Because if you do, then that'll make like a lot of sense. And I was like, okay. And she goes, okay, I'm a bangle. <laughs> And she, and I was like, oh my God. And I start crying and laughing hysterically because it's my friend Cody. Mm -hmm. And it's a story that I'm not even going to get into because it's only funny to us. But that's what we would say when we saw each other after that story happened because it was so funny, so blissful, yet so ridiculous Mm -hmm. that, again, you can just never tell a story. But that was our thing. It was like, hey, buddy. Hey, bud. Hey, pal. And then I'm a bangle. I'm a bangle. And we'd act out the thing that happened and I started laughing and she's like okay that makes sense to you I was like yeah that's Cody and she goes Cody helps you drive sometimes because <laughs> uh, you can't do it on your own <laughs> yeah and she wasn't referring to like right then mm-hmm. um 
I said, you know, that's really funny that you bring Cody up because there's so many at that time I was traveling a lot more. Uh, there's so many times that um, Cody would be sitting in my passenger seat with me. And I thought that I would, you know, I was just daydreaming because I missed him. Mm. Um, so now you're telling me that now looking back that you have Claire anything. I'm like, oh, he could have been with me like the whole time. And she was bringing up a rather radical phase of my life where, <laughs> you know. We have him. We have him. Yeah. So I was just like, <laughs> I was like, Cody was driving. And um, then now, like later I looked back and there were pictures flashing in my mind of certain scenarios where I had like almost accidents. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, how, how was I able to get out of that? Mm-hmm. How did I, how am I not injured? How did I not wreck? Da, 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 da. All these very close calls that like my, lo- the logical side of my brain is like, I don't know how the fuck that happened. Right. But <laughs> mm, <laughs> that don't make no sense. Right. So having that experience really, really helped solidify any of the naysaying mm-hmm. just through that simple phrase and having that confirmation that those people that you think are there Mm -hmm. like they actually are it's just it's you trying to really process a grounded way to be like oh i just saw a past loved one right if you have an image in your mind that there's someone you knew sitting in the seat next to you you're like oh that must be my imagination yes you don't ever consider that this is that spirit trying to communicate you Mm -hmm. and let you know Mm -hmm. no i'm here yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's beautiful at the end mm-hmm. of the day, but very, very surprising when when you want to believe it and you don't want to believe it. Right. What does this open me up to if I believe this? Right. Right. And I don't think it's anyone's natural intention or um, I guess their default mode is to go to, oh, I'm having a spiritual encounter right now. You know, you have to really be yeah. on that path to understand. Yeah, we're not avatars this could be, walking around. Right. Like, hey, firebenders, what's up? <laughs> you know, we're not doing that. But wouldn't that, that be cool? Uh, that's why I watch Avatar so much. <laughs> I, I want to be, I definitely want to be the Avatar because I want to control all the elements. I also think that. Yeah. This is the perfect, perfect Fuck. noise for this episode. <laughs> I'm about to pause this and get wrapped up in a blanket because all these random things keep happening. (laughs) That's okay. You're here. Great. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So before we get too lost, um, talking a little bit about the negative entities, which, of course, there are negative entities. Um, And the biggest thing about negative entities is that they speed, they feed, they speed, they feed off of your spirit's energy. Um, And so a lot of times these aren't human entities um, and they are a sense of ancestral spirits or spirits of the dead, um, but they really aren't a human, um, any of the negative entities. And um, they could just be with you for a short time to get a boost of energy, or they could stay around and feed off of you long term. And the way that you really know that there's um, an attachment um, is because you have different situations where you will feel like, um, you know, you're you're just getting this low energy vibe that you don't know where it's coming from, but it's because they're pulling energy from you. And so all that you're left with is this low stuff. Um, and 
you know, another thing to keep in mind is that it's common for you to feel very angry or depressed um, when something's attached to you. Um, and some of those things can be um, uh, like vampire energy, not like an actual like, you know, two-toothed vampire, but, mm-hmm. you know, you it feeds off energy of you like vampires. an energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, ETs, any kind of like demons, um, poltergeists, things like that. Um, and the the information that I read also included things like um, the greys, like the alien greys, um, which is in warlocks. But, you know, I don't know that that is always necessarily negative that I would say. Um, but it's what they cited. I leave a lot based to everyone's interpretation. Exactly. Like even having these episodes and going over all of these different beliefs and anything that we're going through, it's just like everybody has their own interpretation. Mm-hmm. We could talk all day long about how people perceive all of this. Right, right. But, you know, the the important thing is to know that when there's a negative inter- entity near you or attached to you, it, it really can change your emotional state and your ability just to process the world. And so just kind of keep those things in mind. Worst case scenario, you don't have a negative in- entity attached to you. You're still going through something negative personally. <laughs> Go ahead and just, like, sage yourself and get rid of it anyway. You know, yes. like, it can't hurt you yes. to be like, bye. But don't forget Palestine. <laughs> to bring good energy back in. There you go. Yes. (laughs) Um, So there's also something called um, geotic demons, which um, there's 72 of them, and they were first discussed in um, the Lesser Key of Solomon, which was written in the 17th century. And these spirits um, aren't necessarily like negative demonics, which the information I read really kind of focused a lot on making sure that people knew that demons weren't negative. I, I'm not, I'm going to stick away from demons altogether. I don't care if they're negative. I don't care if some people perceive them positive. Like, it's not for me. Like, if you have demon in your name, I'm not about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I and, heard, uh, and that's me being judgy. I get that. But mm. <laughs> I think I'll allow you being judgy when you talk about demons. Right. <laughs> I heard a quote uh, on a documentary I was watching. And the kids said, um, at the end of the day, the good and bad both want the same thing. They both want evolution. Oh, that's a good point. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that is a good point. Yeah. Because yeah. then it'll go back to, you know, who knows what's good or bad. Right. Well, and there was there was a um, – <clears throat> I was given a book to write that um, was a fiction and as – and but it was – it was kind of channeled, mm-hmm. um, and part of it was explaining some of the spiritual world through fiction. And one of the concepts, I guess I'll say, that I was given was the the um, basically it's the law of fifty one percent, which. There may be information about this out there. I don't know. Honestly, I haven't even looked, and it may be something that nobody has ever heard of. I honestly have no idea. But the, So the way it was explained to me, the law of 51% is um, evolution does not care where it goes, but it goes to the side of 50 plus 1. So 50% plus 1 is where it's going to flow. So if it, so, let's just take the United States. Mm-hmm. If 50% of our population wants us to be more controlled and have less freedom, then that's the way evolution will go. But if 50 plus one of us wants more freedom and less control, then that's the way evolution will go. 
and super creepy right now with yeah. what's going on in the world. Right. Well, I'm Timely. just like, oh, yeah. that's worse yeah. than a ghost story. Yeah, thing. so they're really trying to get our 51%, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I I mean, I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying it, it was it was given to me, that message of the 50 plus one. Mm-hmm. And that I call it 51%, but it's really 50 plus one because it doesn't have to be like – it could be out of a group of a million. It can be five hundred thousand and one people versus four hundred ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it's and it doesn't matter because what is good, what is bad, right? Yeah. One could be good, and the other person perceives that same thing that other people perceive as good as bad. It's going to go where there's fifty plus one. Um, anyway, off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Great topic, but still yeah. creepy as shit. Yeah. So um, these these seventy two entities or demons, as they're described in the Lesser Key of Solomon, um, they each have a specific talent or skill. Um, so you can call upon them to use them for money magic or whatever the case may be. Each one of these have a different thing that they do, um, and they are typically um, what witches work with. Um, it's also common for them to help out with spells. Um, but they also usually want something in return. So, um, you know, as, as they were pointing out and what, and, and just so you know, um, when I'm saying this is what I was reading, I got most of this information from a website called tea and rosemary all spelled out. Um, and so they had a lot of really good information on there that I used. Um, but you know, they were saying negotiate carefully. And again, you're really going to have to do your research and know what you're talking about to negotiate with a demonic spirit to help you do money magic. I'm, my opinion is just don't do it. I was going to say, <laughs> don't do yeah. it, but I guess that's just my opinion. Right. This is a safe space if you do that. You are welcome space, to listen, right? But I will not <laughs> offer you a how-to guide exactly. how to contact a demon to help you make money. Right. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but you're welcome to tell your story if you have one. Yeah, please. <laughs> Um, And then we also have things like psychic cords. So this is usually a living being that you have been in contact with. It can be a very quick interaction or it can be a long interaction. And in that, you energetically attach yourselves to each other um, with intent or without intent. It may be that neither of you know this has happened, but you have developed a psychic cord that connects to you and it can drain your energy. It can push thoughts and ideas to you. Um, And, you know, these are things that usually any kind of medium or psychic or energy worker can help you easily cut. Sometimes they're easy to cut. Sometimes they're not. You can just do it in a simple Reiki session, too, if you have the right practitioner. Exactly. Like, hey, you have these attachments. Mm -hmm. And they can usually identify them for you, let you know you're there, and then work on getting them cut. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, you know, the next thing that I talk about is um, fey folk. So fey or fairy... They're entities, but they're they're really more of like um, a different dimension, kind of adjacent to us. So it's less like a ghost and more like just a different s- frequency, different yeah, energy. Exactly. Um, and you hear a lot of things about um, Faye and just 
you know, they're evil or stay away. But then there's a lot of people that say, no, none of that's true. You just have to, you know, give them respect and different things like that. Again, it's not something that I bring into my life because I don't know how to control it. Do not put and a I'm bowl not trying honey to look it on up. your porch outside. Don't. A bowl of honey? Don't put honey on your back porch. Really? That's what I saw on TikTok randomly. My algorithm thought that I wanted to talk <laughs> Contact to the Faye. Faye. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely not. Like, no offense. Much respect. Right. To everything that's not that where I about, am. But that's, yeah. that's not where I am. <laughs> I'm not going to contact you. I don't need anything. Like, I do not claim this. Right. You know? mm-hmm. um, but I did watch it because I was like, oh, my God, think of all the people out in the world that are like they depend on TikTok for just very right. fast information. And they're like, hey, I'd like a fay in yeah, my life. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so they just like run to the kitchen. I can't even imagine just. Yeah. That is terrifying. Yeah. Don't do anything unless you know really, 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 really what you're doing. Really, really research it. Do yeah. not find a TikTok and be like, yes, that's totally fine. Yeah. Like, again, my TikTok, you'll find a random meditation video where I come out of a meditation and I'm just like, what is going on in the world right now? Mm-hmm. Because where I just was is a lot more peaceful. Even sitting on my back porch, I could feel the difference. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's really weird. So I'm going to make a TikTok about it so I never forget this feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I do simmer pots to bring in good energy and cleanse my home. Mm -hmm. Makes the house smell great. And it Mm -hmm. just honestly kills a bunch of bacteria in the air along Mm -hmm. with the sage that I do and Palo Santo. And then I did a... One of my favorite things to do is write on bay leaves, whether it's bringing stuff in around the correct season or letting things go that need to be let go of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just as if you're going to write something down so you can memorize it better, which is, you know, a note-taking technique mm-hmm. they teach through school. Um, I also believe that if you write it out, you can release it, and you should burn it because right. we're going to use all the elements that we possibly can. <laughs> right. So um, using all of those has really... I don't think that I'm a part of witch talk by any means, but right. I don't claim any, I'm not pagan, I'm not any any of that. Mm-hmm. But you will see people on there just like claiming all of these things that are real. Mm-hmm. But the fae, I'm, I'm telling you, please do not watch TikTok and <laughs> I think that's that. cool. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. Because like anything, like humans even, fae can be um, benevolent, they can be evil, they can be helpful i mean so can humans right it 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 doesn't mean that um yeah i'm not saying don't contact them because they're bad i'm saying don't contact them because you're uneducated on what you're dealing with absolutely absolutely and then you know same thing for like elementals which we'll have an episode on elementals um but it's it's the very same kind of thing it's just another dimension of the energetic world we live in And, um, you know, there's one for air, fire, water, all different kinds of elementals, plants, animals. Um, And then also um, when we're talking about different spirits and entities, um, you know, you really kind of have to talk about gods and deities, Mm -hmm. which when we did our our feminine power kind of recap, we talked a little bit about Kuan Yin and that kind of thing. Kuan Yin. Yeah. Now is... (laughs) Right. Just at the top of my mind. Right. I'm like, I'm going to be Kuan Yin today. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, um, there's angels. So, um, you know, a lot of practitioners work with angels. There's a lot of information out there about angels. Um, It's the most comforting for people uh, that I've known and that still mm -hmm. follow Christianity, go to a church, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really, really easy for them to follow the angel narrative without feeling like they're 
choosing one or the other. Mm-hmm. And but you know it as everything we're talking about, it's the same thing. Anything can be good. Anything can be evil in our mm-hmm. perception because, yeah. um, you know, if you believe in the devil, the devil is a fallen angel. Mm-hmm. So there's good angels, bad angels. So again, do know, do your research, know what you're working with before you go out and purposefully try to get in touch with something. I think that's the fourth time we've said it. It's important. It's very important. <laughs> and then, of course, when you talk angels, you have to talk demons. Um, and demons are really just chaos, right? And they're reckless. It's the shadow side you don't want to deal with in your shadow work. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I don't think my shadows are demons. But, <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same kind of thing, the same yeah. kind of concept. And um, the, the one thing that I would say remembering about demons is that they don't necessarily um, – seek you out it's usually when you're trying to contact something that they come in and Take they see the light of the situation and they go towards it yeah then that was yeah. the that mm-hmm. was the reason i wanted you to picture it right and they can be hard to get rid of if you bring a demon in and are like hey buddy what's up they can be hard to get rid of because they're like hey you just poked that light <laughs> andy and tiffany never really knew how it came about i think that was the thing that right. freaked me out the most is the origin story of their haunting there isn't one. Right. There isn't anything that they've identified that they can point to to say, this is, this is this what is we think happened. This is how this happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't sitting there playing with Ouija boards going, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Well, but they were just like living their lives, doing their thing. Should we go ahead and talk Ouija boards? Like since we've said it a couple times now? Well, I, uh, like I said, this is our opinion and our guest's opinion. And yeah. my opinion is you do not play with Ouija boards. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that I had fun little facts where we could, you know, dive into so who made it, why they made it. Yeah, we didn't research Ouija's because I know there are people out there that actually do use it. It is positive for Mm -hmm. them. It does work for them. So I don't. Again, they've done their research. They've set the intentions. The boards are positive for them. But most of us don't do that when we go to Walmart and pick it off the shelf. I wouldn't pick it off the shelf at Walmart. It actually freaks me out to see yeah. it at Walmart. I'm just mm-hmm. like, <gasps> but so many people go there and they're like, "Ooh, Ouija board. Let's take this home and work with it." Which, so when I was um, early twenties, we did that. So like a group of friends, right? And we're like, "Hey, let's get this Ouija board and have fun and see if we can contact spirits." Blah blah blah. Don't have any idea what we're really doing, right? And the Ouija board actually told us that one of my very close friends who wasn't present was going to die soon. And there just happened to be a spirit fair or a psychic fair, like, in the following weekend, which we we attended. And I was telling the psychic I was talking to that, you know, I want to know if this is true because, like, I want to give my friend a warning. And they're like, you did that through a Ouija board. You go home and you burn it. You burn that Ouija board right now. Because the door is open. Right. As soon as you use it, yeah. the door is open. Now, I did burn it. <laughs> my friend did not die. But I have no way of knowing you know, if it would have been something different. But I have not touched a Ouija board since then. I have to give myself a minute because those goosebumps are overwhelming. Mm. I, Which is confirmation that the story is probably true. Yeah, I've never felt good about a Ouija board. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like when I'm like crystals, rose quartz, green right. calcite. Mm-hmm. Mala beads, rosaries, mm-hmm. flowers. When I think of all of those things, like I feel very, I feel very good, right, with all of that. But anytime, no matter where you are, I've never heard the word Ouija board and 
not felt some ominous, Mm -hmm. dark presence with it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that creeps me out the most is people delve into, like, spirits and ghosts as it is, like, some leisurely hobby that you can just dabble in and then be like, okay, I'm done playing with you and put the toy back in the corner. Mm -hmm. And I think... I think that's what a Ouija board, as commercialized as you say, is going to Walmart and picking up. Mm -hmm. I think that is the worst form of misinformation Mm -hmm. I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, They, I believe, are dangerous. We played with them when we were a kid one time at a sleepover. And I remember the whole time thinking, like, I'm in a horror movie right now. (laughs) The first thing you automatically think of with a Ouija board is a bunch of people sitting around a dark room with candles lit and you're contacting people and entities that you can't see. Mm -hmm. So why is that the first thing you go to when you do want to experience the paranormal when you have visible proof that it is negative every time? Mm -hmm. It's like it's scary and it's whether your intention is there or not, you have no idea what's coming back over because Mm -hmm. you're not educated enough Mm-hmm. Of what's coming through that veil. Yeah, to put up boundaries and just no, everything. No boundaries. Yeah. Like they're so it's just, oh, it gives me the heebie jeebies. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I would love to talk to somebody with a, posi- a positive Ouija board experience or, or just a someone who actually knows. Someone right. who knows mm-hmm. because I don't want to sit here and demonize something right. that does, like I can say, I have fear attached to it. Right. Because that's not what I'm about. Yeah. yeah. But as a, I think I'm like protecting myself from that door. Mm-hmm. Because when you said like you have to go and burn, you have to go and burn the board. Mm-hmm. Like I just pictured, ugh. Right. A bunch of creepy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so tarot cards. Um, when I was younger, I was scared of them because of like the Christian backing that I had, the Bible, mm-hmm. all, all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now I love tarot cards. I've researched them. I still continue to do my own. I'll read friends if they want me to. Um, I've been known to like, do you like know your friend is like lying to you on the phone? Have you ever had Sometimes that experience? Sometimes I've had the thought of, yeah, like you that, are not telling me the truth you're right not, now. You're not telling yeah. me everything right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am guilty of, I'll be like, hold on. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me just pull some cards real quick. And I'll just like simply scan over the cards. And again, it's a real, it's a body effect. Like, the, nope, I'm not interpreting this. Like, you can really tell. It's a really, really great tool, I believe, for connecting with your higher self, your, your intuition, intuition. Mm-hmm. and really just it's building that confidence in yourself and in your uh, connection with God. Reconfirming that source. what you're getting is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know there was a time, especially in my younger years, because any, like, creepy movie could probably come along and like there would be a psychic tarot and hauntings and they always push the divination tools in with the paranormal haunting creepy creepy, you're gonna die stuff Mm -hmm. which is the shit that i hated too but then again like i'm begging them to drop hocus pocus 2 this year because i'm tired (laughs) of freaking waiting because you know it october 1st coming up real quick and I'm going to watch Hocus Pocus way too many times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've all, I love that the things that I've always been interested mm-hmm. in. And now that I can go back and be like, oh, I understand why 
mm-hmm. why like I love fortune telling and mediums and mm-hmm. yeah like I used to watch ghost hunting stuff when I was younger and, and like I can still watch it in a room full of people I guess I could say <laughs> that I can't watch it by myself unsolved mysteries used to play the ghost episodes yeah. at like 11 p.m at night mm-hmm. <laughs> no I would just like hide under a blanket and watch it and I think that's what really messed me up okay that was weird very weird um yeah I had to stop and save the track and start a new one because it it was just doing weird shit I was recording and not recording we could hear what we just said but then we couldn't find what we just said it was weird Super weird. So yeah. I was like, fresh track, fresh mind, blah, 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 shake it off. Right. And we can see it actually is recording now. Yes. <laughs> One of these days, I this will know. be a producer's problem, but right now. <laughs> this is ours. It's ours. And yours, apparently. Me and the roadcaster. <laughs> we shall. <laughs> we shall move on. Okay. Exorcisms. Exorcisms. All right. Let's talk about it. So, one, it's going to be rooted in Greek. What a surprise. <laughs> okay, exousia meaning oath, which I think the English translation means adjure. So exercise doesn't really mean cast out as much as it means putting the devil on oath or invoking a higher authority to compel the devil to act in a way contrary to its wishes. Exorcisms were seen as opportunities to obtain access to hidden information like a moment when the devil could be interrogated under compulsion and forced to divulge his supposedly enormous range of knowledge. That's from Briggs 131. Kind of creeps me out. Kind of makes me picture an exorcism in my mind where we're... Like a movie exorcism. Yeah, like... Not one you've seen. No. (laughs) Yeah. This one time at exorcism Don't go on ghost hunts, but I (laughs) frequent exorcisms. Right. (laughs) No, ma'am. But no, it does bring up the movie in my mind where they're they're interrogating them. Right. And the spirit of the person that is being inhabited is communicating and saying things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you get into what... What does possession really mean? Can we use it in a bunch of different ways? Uh, I know you don't use possess when you're talking about talking with angels or Jesus or right. positive entities. It's always channeling, connection, transmission. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are referring to a demon, all I know is possession. Right. Um, but I found interesting that Matthew twelve twenty two. And Luke thirteen ten through 13 used the word possess to talk about the blind and mute or the crippled. So possession is reimagined as more of a disease of a soul than a demonic entity coming in to take, mm-hmm. take over your body for whatever its mission is. Well, and some of the things I've studied have said that if you go into meditation with the proper mindset and the proper tools that a person can heal themselves of being blind, deaf, that type of thing. So that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. I don't I don't have any story or anything to back that up. <laughs> no, so I'm just like, me either. Yeah, I get I get that. Okay. All right. Spirit possession should be understood as a way of interpretation. It is a diagnostic model through which a culture makes sense of a certain phenomena. So like somebody acting strange or weird, then the culture says they're possessed. 
I have the definition, I think, later on in my notes of what the Catholic Church considers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like how they say, yes, it's a possession. How they say, yes, it's a possession and what they have to look out for. And I'm going to, like, rumble through that. Um, just, it's kind of crazy because I keep thinking of all the different churches and religions that actually do deal with exorcisms. Whether it's prayer, rituals, or other strategies like asking the spirit what it wants or appeasing it. Or, you know, one of my favorites that's seen on a lot of Hollywood scenarios is transferring the spirit into a stone or an animal and then destroying it. Like transferring it into a deer and killing the deer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any story besides, you know, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch or something crazy like that. The craft. The craft, another good one. But there's also like holy water involved with churches. There's sacred writings. Um, yeah, there's there's the Hollywood side and then there's the real stories of so-called exorcists that went on very dangerous forms of exorcism to... Kind of like Andy and Tiffany's priest. Well, yes, they were haunting them in their apartment. Mm -hmm. I was referring to uh, making the patient so uncomfortable that the spirit, like, no longer wishes to inhabit their body. Yeah. So beating the patient, fumigating the patient, burning them, immersing them in water... um, it's led to a lot of tragic deaths. So can we just like say Jess or something? Because like I literally, my head just felt like it was going to pass out and I was swirling right when you said that. That's stop. It needs to stop. That's Go away. Stop. You're not welcome here. Yeah, Love and light. You are not welcome. No. <laughs> no. I'm like, mm, this stuff already creeps me out enough. So <laughs> I love that the technical difficulties like land on this. Right. Uh, super awesome. That's why I'm like, I'm glad I didn't go as in-depth as a lot of the stuff that I looked at, but this is something that I'd rather, like, tiptoe, because we all, like, what, it was, like, 1973, I think, when The Exorcism came out, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I remember it being when I was a kid, which I wasn't born in 73. I wasn't here yet, but... I was going to say, I don't, I can't be like, yay, 73, The Exorcist <laughs> is here. No. But during my research, I'm pretty sure that's the year that that movie came out. Um, The Catholics and the Protestants had different views. The thing that I found interesting, especially around the 17th century, was them fighting over what constitutes as a possession and when an exorcism should come into play. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that for a while the Protestants were just like, no, no. We reject the theory completely of possession or exorcism, and um, at least the main line of Protestants that I I should say. Mm -hmm. They were just like, nope. And Catholics, however, at the time, they viewed exorcism as an ideal opportunity to demonstrate that the heavenly force was with them. So that makes me think of a weird marketing campaign where you would— somehow make up a scenario where someone does need exercise that doesn't really have a demon in them and then and only i can help and then the earlier cases that i found is like yes it's the snake oil scenario Mm -hmm. but it's also been for political gain Mm -hmm. because they are enticing the um public 
to see this person on a platform because they can drive mm-hmm. the darkest of evils out of somebody and you are safe if I'm around. Mm-hmm. So I read a lot of stories that I didn't want to cite because it creeps me out, mm-hmm. but they were politically motivated. Mm-hmm. So church and state do work together, I see. <laughs> Interesting. But the Protestants decided to eventually come around. I wish that I did cite the year, and I feel awful that I don't have that information. But they basically, like, rebranded it and started sharing it around everybody. I wish that I remember what they called it, but I don't because I would rather just kind of tiptoe around a couple different, I want to say peoples instead of religion because, again, I need somebody to tell me if Buddhism to you is a religion or Mm-hmm. Like a a life life Lifestyle. choice and yeah. you know belief. way of living. Yeah. So there are different sects of Buddhism that I will say. Um, the preventative measure that they did was they would practice or recite certain verses in scripture from Pali Kanan, I think it's pronounced, and that would ward off any misfortune or danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, misfortune or danger translates to me as negative energy, not mm-hmm. necessarily if I'm saying negative entities. Um, I guess that's for you to kind of go look up. Uh, the Tibetan Buddhism, though, they actually have a holiday called Exercising Ghost Day, and hmm. it's rooted in Tibetan tradition, a uh, very religious ceremony, and they basically focus on driving out all negativity, including evil spirits and misfortunes of the past year and starting the new year. In a peaceful and auspicious way. Mm. Uh, Christianity, I think we all kind of have Christianity down to, like, what their exorcism is. <laughs> like, it's usually a Catholic or a Christian priest that's coming in. So definitely not going to dabble much, except for the part that it says, people considered to be possessed are not regarded as evil in themselves, nor wholly responsible for their actions. Being Because possession is considered to be unwillingly manipulated by a demon resulting in harm to self or others. So Uh, that's kind of opposite of what you see in like Salem Rich Trials and that kind of thing where they're saying that you brought this on yourself because you're a whore or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they ran into the woods and gave themselves to Satan Mm -hmm. type stuff. And then their religion allows them to believe that people... Like, it's just, like, not their fault. Mm -hmm. But then I also think, I told you this earlier, I'm like, I find it weird that that would be a Christian teaching if someone's possessed, like, we're here to help you and it's not your fault. And then when people talk about Mary Magdalene and how she was supposedly a whore that was possessed by nine demons, how derogatory it is when they talk about her, like, because of what she was doing. But it makes you wonder, was that something they did politically because, like, Mary Magdalene was left after Jesus was crucified, right? Mm -hmm. So they kind of had to vilify her or else she may have become. It's just another great story of suppressing the feminine Mm -hmm. because I 100% believe there's a story about Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene that was definitely covered up. And I'm not going to go into my belief in detail on it, but I've been doing my own sidebar research um, because I think there's more to it than she was possessed a bunch. But it brings me back to here at Christianity. It says right here, like, oop, it's not your fault. But then again, if you have people bring her up, women alone, which I find it crazy that how much women vilify each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, she was bad. Oh, she's a whore. Oh, she probably slept her way to the top. 
Like, you can't ever just be, like, proud for your girl. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe she did sleep her way to the top, but you know what? She's at the top. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, a lot of things that I found between Catholicism, um, Ethan, Eastern Orthodoxy, or even, like, Lutheran churches, um, hell, even Mormons, right? They all do have... Some form. They all have the same kind of screening process, I would say. Like, oh, they get a medical professional involved, and they make sure it's not a psychological issue. It's not a brain tumor. It's, it's not, not a... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, anything like that, which I was like, okay, good for you. Thank you for kind of doing that. That's nice that you all took that precaution. Um. And then I, I seen comparabilities on the actual act of exercising someone out themselves. Most people um, will put their hands on them, kind of like I think of it like a prayer circle when you mm-hmm. like go down at church and yeah. everybody puts hands on each other. And we are really, really like we're praying for you. We're praying yeah. for you, but you like feel it on your body mm-hmm. and like we're going to drive this out of your body for you. Um, those are like many exorcisms that everybody's doing together and naming it something different. I've been I've been in a prayer circle like that when I was in Kansas City. I went with this lovely couple, and uh, I went down there one day to, like, you know, release whatever I needed to release. And I had already been, like, releasing through yoga, so it wasn't, like, a big deal for me to go down there. Mm-hmm. What was a big deal to go down for me was having a bunch of strangers sending me a bunch of love that I felt uh, completely unworthy of getting mm. and, like, releasing that on the church floor. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, this is, wow, we just went really deep, and, uh, whew, okay. Yeah. Thank you. It was a really, really cool experience, yeah. but, again, most of these rituals have to do with the right spiritual practitioner, mm-hmm. whatever you want to name them, doing either the holy water, reading scripture, mm-hmm. all of that. So I, I found that fascinating because I love to see Again, what's the chicken? What's the egg? Who did it first? Who's learning from who? Who mm-hmm. took? Who massacred? You know, I was part of a healing circle, a group of women who are all like energy workers. Um, we get together occasionally and just practice our skill. I mean, it's something that we should definitely be doing now in the time of COVID when we don't get to do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But in this circle, um, one of the people that was there was brought particularly because she'd been having a lot of issues in her life and really needed some healing. Mm -hmm. Um, And through what we were doing, um, it was identified that she had an attachment of someone who had raped her and that that Mm -hmm. energy had been kind of living inside of her. Mm -hmm. And as we were doing our work, like we literally released him from her like I saw him get up and walk outside and like That's some heavy look shit. back in at us being like, you let me in there. But we had set up this protection for her. Mm-hmm. And um, it it was just kind of crazy because I had never um, associated that with any kind of like exorcism or something like that. But um, at the same time, who's to say that it's a demon and not a person that's just attached themselves with that, you know, psychic cord or whatever the, ca- the case may be? Well, yeah, if they feed off negativity, then that's going to be – it makes me think of a Charmed episode where it's like the demon of fear and he catches mm-hmm. you in your sleep and he, like, puts you in this uh, realm. It's an illusion to you, but it's this different realm where you 
all of your worst fears are played out and he feeds off of that until you die in the realm they put you in and then you die in real life. Mm -hmm. But they feed off of that. So, yeah, if you think about, like, your worst fear and then having it acted out, those entities, that that's their food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super creepy. Very creepy. Super creepy. Uh, but there's a scientific view. And it says... Demonic possession is not a psychiatric or medical diagnosis recognized by either the DSM-5 or the ICD-10. So the things that say what's psych- like your OCD or your bipolar, it's, it's not part of that. Those who profess a belief on demonic possession have sometimes ascribed to possession the symptoms associated with physical or mental illnesses. Uh, hysteria, mania, mania, psychosis, Tourette syndrome, epilepsy, schizophrenia, dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just from a scientific perspective because I'm not a, even going to get in dissociative personality disorder versus multiple spirits in one body because mm-hmm. that is uh, also some conflicting information that I would like leave it for a guest. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel yeah. about that. But I do find the comparison in a lot of the studies where they're like, do people need exercise? Do people actually have demons in them? Or do people not know how to face themselves properly and come up Mm -hmm. on this intensity? So, like, is it a mental illness or is it spirit? Yeah. Is it just you need to do some shadow work? Whether you need to observe it through science, machines that pick up frequencies out on a ghost hunt, You see apparitions, all of that. My favorite part is going back and forth between spirit and science. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll ever be able to, like, build a bridge or, like, marry them. Like, I try to as best Mm -hmm. as possible, but um, I also kind of like disproving it Mm -hmm. while still believing it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, I think that's healthy. And I say that because I know we're going to tell our ghost stories, but I found this article by a lady named Andrea Michelson. And it's called Five Scientific Explanations for Spooky Sensations. So basically how to disprove it all as being a spirit. It's something else that can be proven. Well, it's not necessarily based on spirits all the times because I have a haunted places thing right here Mm -hmm. where completely backs up everything that you were explaining about energy acting itself out over and over mm-hmm. walking into places and it being like super dense mm-hmm. and just the knowing of knowing something is there mm-hmm. and again we'll both get to those experiences so for instance um someone claimed that they encountered the ghost of like winston churchill okay very cool but before we go immediately to like yeah let me just believe that i'm okay with just reading stories like this too where someone thinks it's this crazy spiritual phenomenon and then hey it's not Mm -hmm. so let me dig through this really quick because this one is what i found fascinating it's called the fear frequency okay so it says just below the range of human hearing uh infrared sound can cause some strange sensations Humans can't hear sound below 20 hertz, but some people subconsciously respond to lower frequencies with feelings of fear or dread. So in one account in 1998, engineer Vic Tandy of 
Coventry University, I hope I said that right, spent a night in a lab believed to be haunted. He and his colleagues experienced anxiety and distress, felt cold shivers down their spines, and Tandy even reported seeing a dark blob out of the corner of his eye. It turned out that there was a silent fan creating waves at around (laughs) 19 hertz, the exact frequency that can cause the human eyeball to vibrate and see optical illusions. Wow. When they finally switched the fan off, it was as if a huge weight was lifted, according to Vic. Frequencies are so... And I... Like, it. (laughs) Yes. And I think that's my favorite part about the story is I was like... I know that this takes a lot of the fun, my, the fun part of it. Because we want to believe. Yeah, we want to believe. And I'm not saying that if you believe the story that you're taking everything away. I'm just going back to the fact that um, vibration, frequency, energy, Mm -hmm. all of these things that I naturally believe in and consistently get taken away from, Mm -hmm. I always revert back to. Mm Mm-hmm. Best story ever for that. Mm-hmm. And again, I didn't know that we couldn't hear anything below 20, nor that anything below 20 caused any of that. Huh. Because now I have a random awareness for mm-hmm. electronics around me mm-hmm. and how they're actually affecting me, mm-hmm. which is silly for me to be like, I'm not aware of that, but I'm more aware of it now. Yeah. Because it's creepy and I don't want it to hurt. So it, it made me think of... A time um, I was at my house, and it was just me and my youngest daughter. She was probably two, maybe three years old at this time. Um, Husband's out of town. Daughter's already at school. And I hear someone in our garage. I hate this story, Desiree. Have I told it to you? Yes. Okay. No, you can continue, (laughs) but I just want you to know that I hate hate this story. (laughs) So I hear someone in our garage. I know that our door to our garage is not locked, meaning, you know, if you can get the garage door up and you can get inside the garage, you can get inside the house. Right. So I'm freaking out a little bit because I know there's someone in our garage and it's just me and my youngest daughter there. And um, I'm too scared to go down to downstairs and check, but there's been too many noises for me to believe that it's just wind or something crazy like that. So I call 911 to come investigate what's happening in my basement because I'm pretty certain we're all about to get raped and killed. And um, so I don't I, – I take my daughter and we go into her room and shut the door because – um, I don't remember why we did that. I don't know why we didn't go to a room we could lock, but that's where we were. You just panicked. Yeah, I I'm can't. panicking right now watching this unfold in my mind. Right. Give me that crystal. <laughs> so we're sitting in the room, and I'm terrified. I'm still hearing all the noises, even though there's a floor between us. And I'm on the phone with the police, and they're like, okay, you know, can we get in? What's the garage code, et cetera, et cetera, because the garage door's down and they're there. They don't see anything from the outside that would lead them to believe there's someone in there, and nobody has actually come into the house at this point. Or if they have, um, they haven't come into the room with my daughter and I. And um, so anyway, my daughter starts freaking out. And she's like, Mommy, there's someone there. I know there's someone there. Mommy, there's someone there. I'm so scared, you know. And so I'm like, okay, I've got to calm down right now. 
um, because I was trying not to ex- expose her to any of this stuff that I was thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, Mommy, there's someone here. There's someone here. And I'm like, no, there's no one here, sweetie. Why do you think that? Don't you hear it, Mommy? They're here. They're going to come get us. And I'm just like freaking out. But at the end of the day, the police come in. They look through the whole house. Nothing's there. Nobody's there. Um, but it's that negative energy that she was picking up on that from feeling. me. Yeah. yeah, she was picking up on my energy, even though it wasn't being said around her, for her to know that there's somebody in the house. She still picked it up. So, um, anyway. It creeps me <laughs> Sidebar. out. Sidebar. I hate that story. <laughs> well, I think you're thinking of the other story of her in her bedroom, which we'll tell. We'll tell later. No, that's fine. I hate that one, too. I yeah. want you to know up front, I hate all of your stories. Um, they're, they're like really good campfire stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hate them. <laughs> Carbon monoxide poisoning, though. I hate that. Check this out, though. This okay. is interesting. This is why I'm like, I'm not dis, I'm not trying to say ghosts don't exist. You can't see shit. I'm saying check this out. Um... I think the story is from like 1921. So basically uh, recounted by Mrs. H, her family moved into an old house and began experiencing what seemed like paranormal activity. The sound of footsteps, strange voices, and even feelings like they were held down in their beds by an unseen person. Meanwhile, the houseplants were dying. Mrs. H's children felt weak and suffered from headaches. A quick investigation revealed that a faulty furnace was filling the house with carbon monoxide fumes. So they thought so, there was some negative stuff happening. Well, because it says it can cause hallucinations and mm-hmm. sickness. Mm-hmm. It explained all of their symptoms. And after the furnace was repaired, the quote-unquote hauntings were stopped. So... The only thing I want to bring up between, obviously, I feel like that was totally carbon monoxide poisoning and not us blending into an astral ethereal realm. Um, They talked about the being held down on your bed by an unseen person. Um, You can, like, go and dive into sleep paralysis. Right. And what people have investigated. Yeah. And decided to accept as a paranormal experience or is it i don't want to say is it lucid dreaming is it sleep paralysis is it hypno is i think hypnagogia Mm -hmm. um i guess you can say lucid dreaming but i think more when you're going to sleep but just that what your body does like your body is going to wake up before you're out of that brain state so your or your mind wakes up before your body does sorry um and there are terrifying sleep paralysis stories that i I am. I also don't listen to. I was going to say I have a sleep paralysis. Well, I, it's a story that could be sleep paralysis, or it could be something different. I don't know. Yeah, I another think, story. You I hate. think, however, <laughs> I think, however, you want to live with it. Good for you, right? Uh, I do. I have a couple sleep paralysis stories, but I've never felt like, oh, there's a demon holding me down type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, haunted places. Mm-hmm. People say that they see uh, dead celebrities, political figures. <sighs> Who am I to say that you have or haven't seen them? You know, hauntings make people a lot of money. A lot yeah. of haunted hotels. A lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of thick history. I think there's so much information out there. Like hauntings and UFOs go hand in hand. Totally fucking real. And if you want to deny them. Come on my show and tell me why you deny it. Right. <laughs> we'll talk about that, too. Yeah. 
I don't want to sit there and, like, disprove anybody because, again, we're all on our own journey. But seriously, the evidence is piling up pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're to the part of the show that I've been dreading the most. Ghost stories. And we're, it's not just ghost stories, it's our ghost stories Mm -hmm. and things that we've experienced. And I hate your stories. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Like, I love them, but they just creep me out. Yeah. I just, I don't do well with, with that. Well, you have some stories too. I do. Yeah. And they creep me out. <laughs> like, it's not something that I sit up at night and recap. Like, right. oh, remember 1501? <laughs> that was the most ghosts I've ever lived with in my life. <laughs> and um, I call them ghosts for lack of a better term. Or it's a general term that is it, really accepted. It really, so it's really is fine. a general term. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought about someone being like, they're not ghosts. They're, and they give me like four different breakdowns <laughs> of what I actually live with. Right. Like, oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and just rip the Band-Aid off so I can get my goosebumps out of the way. And then I'm just going to figure out what story I'm actually going to tell. Because it's weird that I have to go through so many of my hauntings to figure out which one I'm actually going to talk about. I know. I have like a whole list of them here. And I'm like, okay, just try to highlight some of them. So I think probably one of mine that I believe the most, we'll say it that way, is um, when I was... Very young, I was moving into a townhouse, and um, so it, it was three floors. It was a three-bedroom townhouse. Um, there was a basement, a main floor, and then the top floor, which had bedrooms. And I, of course, was you know had all these ideas of what I was going to do to decorate and transform and make this just this beautiful place that we live. At this time, it was just me moving in there. Um, I I didn't have any children at this point. Um, So I go in and I want to take pictures of everything because I not only want before and afters, but it's going to be a month or two before I can move in and I want to plan and get ready. And so I needed pictures for floor plans and all of that kind of thing. So I go through the house and I take pictures of all three floors and all the rooms And um, I go and get them developed. And when I get them developed, there's like this fog on some of the images, which I think nothing of. And somebody else is looking at them and they're like, hey, why is this fog in, you know, all these rooms? Is that all in the same room? And and I get to looking at it and I notice that this fog is in just one corner of the house, but it's on all three floors. It wasn't there when I went through to take the pictures, but it was there. And so I look at the film to see if maybe it was exposed or developed improperly or whatever the case may be, and that was not the case. It was very much um, had nothing to do with the negatives. Uh, yeah, this was way back when we still used film and cameras and we didn't have digital photography. Oh, well, I, I mean, walking, <laughs> walking to the shop co. Right, and getting film. <laughs> my bad. Turn my mic off for a sec so I could oh. <laughs> listen to your story and not interject. And I forgot to turn it back on. Yeah, I used to walk my film to a shop co in like Mount Sterling where I grew up. Right, and pick and up film. Drop it off. Yeah, the, the, yeah, like three to five days you'll get your stuff. I'm right. like, so you have no idea if you actually took a good picture. Right, you used to have if, to take a whole roll and hope for something good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so the film, the negatives were perfectly fine, but this fog was um, on every floor in the same corner of the house. So then move forward several years. I have my daughter and she's young. So young or more susceptible, right? She's, you know, two, three years old, able to talk. Um, and 
Well, okay, hang on. I'm going to back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. I get a dog first before I get a child. <laughs> Got to run it out, right? Yes. So the dog would always bark at this corner of the house that had the fog. And I was just like, hmm, okay, sure, why not? Um, so I no longer have the dog because I get pregnant. I'm having a baby. And the two just didn't mix. Um, I know. Don't come after me, PETA. Um, don't get a dog unless you're ready for the responsibility. But um, There's so, also safety of a baby you have to think of. That's so what I was concerned with, yeah. that's yeah. Some people have to make that decision and to each their own. Right. If anybody comes at me reckless about <laughs> dogs, yeah. don't. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> so um, anyway, so my daughter, she's older. Um, she can speak. And she comes up to me and she's like, hey, mommy, who's the grandma that's always here? And I was like, what are you talking about, sweetie? She's like, there's a grandma always sitting in a rocking chair right over there. And she points to the same side of the room, the same side of the house that all that had the fog. So now I see the fog in the pictures. I have the dog and now I have the daughter. And all of them point to this side of the house that they see, experience some type of entity that is an old lady in a rocking chair. Um, so that's kind of that's why I believe it so much because it happened in so many different occasions I 100% believe you yeah and it's not (laughs) as creepy it's just the fog always creeps me out Mm -hmm. and you know yay it's a grandma I have a grandma story too I'm glad we have that in common Mm -hmm. um again it just I don't know why it freaks me out so much because I'm so open-minded I think Mm -hmm. that's my biggest struggle with the knowing and the seeing Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. it's just like oh my god why does this make me so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it still does well the ones at my rental house we lived there for three months those are the ones that creep me out those are the ones that make me go no 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 yeah Mm -hmm. i don't like it at all Mm -hmm. at all at all i mean i know that i'm i'm protected right i love saying that (laughs) but some experiences happen okay i'm trying to think of what story all right (laughs) i went to a qba in quincy illinois and it's called quincy beauty academy okay and you can be a cosmetologist you can get a nail technician license and you can learn horology which is jewelry making oh okay yes but I went for the nail technician program when I was, I think, between 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. And Wait, uh, so does that mean you could do my nails? I mean, like, I could, but I'm not going to. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think this goes against everything I believe now, but I'm just going to say it. I have a lot of skills that I could access and share with people, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And nail tech is <laughs> one of them. And even, like, my nails right now, I'm going through a nail biter season that I'm trying to break. Mm-hmm. So I can go back to like my healthy long grown out nails. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't really want to do nails ever again. It's not fun. Yeah. But then there's it's like a part of my nurturing package that I'll give somebody, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm I have like a little travel kit that I could use on other people for sanitary purposes. And if there's been like I think this is because you have to focus so much on hands. I've met people where I'm like, I could just transform those nails into. <laughs> See, yeah, for me, it's like gold. a creativity thing, you know? Yeah, it really, yeah. like, I do, like, earlier, you're like, hey, my hand's this, my hand's that, which you have a really good product. 
and your arsenal that you use, but I was mm-hmm. like, use solar oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's universal. You can use it on anybody. You don't, you don't have to worry about giving it to the wrong person. But sidebar, ghost stories. Yeah. Uh, I, so I was going to this nail school, and this was like the haunted part of Quincy. Quincy has a lot of hauntings. If you want to talk about a great ghost trip, come back home with me. Yeah. And what we can do it. I'll do a tour of Quincy because I'm used <laughs> to Quincy's hauntings. Right. I know Quincy's history and why, like, why it is the way it is. Um, oh, I can't believe I'm going to tell a story. <laughs> So I'm going to this nail school, and it's clearly haunted. Um, so at, I know that I feel stuff. I know that stuff's there. That's about where I am at. I see stuff popping in my uh, mind's eye, and I disregard it as my imagination, even though I have the heebie-jeebies, the goosebumps, all that fun stuff. I made friends with a girl named Gina there, and Gina... If I saw her today, I would, like, pick her up and spin her around. She was just so wonderful to me at the time in my life where I was at. Mm-hmm. And I never really, like, I didn't talk to people, especially at that young of an age. I didn't talk to people like, hey, do you see dead people? Like, it wasn't <laughs> the topic. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure life out away from the spiritual world is the best way that I could describe it. So somehow we... Get, I think I'm just like, this place creeps me out. Like, I don't even want to go to the bathroom to myself. I I know that this part of the town has a lot of history, but there's just a lot of residual energy here. And I, I feel like it's a mix of death, despair, and there's there's a lot of heavy energy here. That's just the best way that I could interpret it. And she was talking about how she could see stuff, but she was just starting to work with one of her family members because they are open in their family. Mm. And they were kind of waiting for, like, the girls to... Like, when they want to talk and learn, they can. Yeah, have an experience, I guess. I don't don't really know how far to go into that story. But we just, like, started talking, and there's people that are finishing up their hours. There's cosmetologists and nail techs are kind of mm-hmm. in the same area. So you have people that have been there for how, however many months. And I just started and I went up to one of the OGs and I was like, okay, what was this place? And it used to be a slaughterhouse. Like for cows? Like for a or lot humans. of like, <laughs> no, no, like a lot of different livestock. Mm-hmm. So because okay. I so you walk out of this like main like school room or like the people can come in and get their hair done at a discounted price right. for the students to work mm-hmm. on. Then you have a classroom. Then you have this creepy ass hallway that belongs in a horror movie <laughs> and this huge ramp that mm-hmm. goes up to the upstairs part and again it's perfect for a movie of the light flickering over the vending machine oh you God. have this creepy <laughs> two chair table and then this hallway that nobody i repeat nobody walks down per right when i got there hey girl if you go up to get food from the vending machine just like maybe don't go alone is <laughs> what i heard oh my God. And I was like, I already thought that this place was haunted and weird, but the fact that one of these people that have been here for a while are like, I don't really know how to explain it. I just know that I don't like going up there alone. It's like really, really, it just feels really negative up there. And I'm well-versed in demons, ghosts, and all of that fun stuff because it's kind of like 
I think of ghosts how I think of sharks. I fucking love them so goddamn much, but I'm not swimming with a shark. Right. No matter how much I want to cage dive, no matter how much I want to scuba dive, I'd love to just hang out with a tiger shark one day. But, like, I can't. But I'm so fascinated with you. I respect you so much, and I am willing to learn about you even though I'm so scared of you. So having that kind of knowledgeable background, it's not like I wasn't denying that it wasn't haunted. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm just trying to like cut through that mm-hmm. because I'm still trying to be like, why is this happening to me? Like everywhere I go, weird stuff happens. And the lady that I did the nail salon with, she had like a five-year-old son and she would always tell me the stories of him seeing shit in their house and around town. Cause Beardstown is also really haunted. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, I'm going to bring my son in and he can just like see for us because I started seeing, I started seeing random stuff when I would go there. Um, particularly this man with red gleaming eyes, which still oh. creeps me out to this day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I still don't like talking about it. I'm going to have to sage myself after this. Just right. so now. So, um, we're all talking about it. We're, f- we're doing research on like what the building is and everything. And finally this kid comes there. He doesn't know anything about the building. The five-year-old. The five-year-old doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm just going to bring him, bring him. And I'm just going to let him walk around and he'll probably tell us what he sees. So he walks out, he walks in, he's like, cool building, totally haunted. Like that's what he first says. (laughs) He's just this super cool kid. And he walks out to that creepy ass hallway and looks up that huge ramp And he goes, oh, my God, there are so many animals in here right now. He's like, I can't even walk up the hallway. There's nobody in the hallway, by the way. There's fucking nothing. And Mm -hmm. this kid is acting like he can't walk through a bunch of animals. As much as I wanted to sit there and and believe that Lisa prepped him for this Mm -hmm. to say this, it's the feeling like you Mm -hmm. just know, like, holy shit, this is weird. Because the ramp that I thought was super weird. Is it like was where their spirits were probably passing because they were killed and they pushed killed up the ramp. them. They yeah, they killed them on yeah. that ramp right there. There's blood spewing all the and he said he's like this whole place is covered in blood. And then he he said he was seeing carcasses roll down. Oh man. And I, I'm just like, Okay, you ready to walk upstairs, bud? You know, like what are we gonna do? So I go up setting my intentions and um at this point, I believe that it could possibly be an entity like maybe in limbo mm-hmm. when I was on the cusp of studying limbo and heaven and hell. And, you know, where do we go? And we're waiting for that judgment day. And I'm standing next to the vending machine and I turn and I go, hey, can you help me with something? I think I see the person you're about to see in my mind. And... um if he's behind me like I think he is, because he lives in the hallway. That's mm-hmm. what they told me. Hey, he lives in the hallway. Don't go down the hallway. And there's been people that have went up and provoked him the whole time. So by the time yeah. I got there, I didn't mean to provoke and I let him know. 
I'm, I'm not meaning to provoke you. I don't like messing with evil stuff, but I can't even come get a snack from a vending machine without seeing a man peer around the side of a vending machine in my head. Right. Staring Your imagination. At me. My imagination yeah. and my whole body is inflamed in goose pimples. Mm-hmm. And like I'm frozen in a, in a state of fear that only the paranormal can get out of me. Mm-hmm. Nothing is provoking this but this thing that I had. So I'm standing here, the vending machines right next to me and I'm watching him walk up the hallway and he like Trent's eyes got really big and he just goes, Oh wow. And I go, he's really tall. He has like black hair and uh, he has red eyes. Doesn't he? He's like, they're beaming glowing. This is not a nice man. And I was like, Okay, uh, I dressed him in a flannel. I don't know why, but I did. And he's like, uh, oh, no, sorry. So I dressed him like that, and immediately the hand or the hair on my shoulder stood up like somebody was breathing on my neck. And Trent's eyes kept getting bigger, and I went, he's literally right behind me. And he's like, he's whispering in your ear. Oh, my God. And I said, he knows I can't hear him. And he goes, he's trying to connect with you. And I go, I don't want to connect with you. Yeah, no, thank I, you. I don't want to see you when I walk up here. Mm-hmm. And I like I reached out to a family member because I was like, I think someone from Limbo is trying to contact me. That's the best educated way that I could describe it. Mm-hmm. And they turned it into a spiritual warfare thing. And like, I'm going to put you on the prayer list. Mm hmm. And I was just like, I still have to go back to school tomorrow. Right. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help me. Yeah. Yeah, So this was the best way that I could think to push through the situation because I was sitting there going to school and even just trying to go get a snack for like my lunch. It was really affecting me. It was Mm -hmm. pulling me away from reality, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Um, Yeah. So I was like, hey, he's breathing on my neck. He's trying to speak to you. And he said. He goes, I know you can't hear him, but I can. And he says that he really wants us to get away from here and can, like, stop doing it. Like, stop people. Like, he didn't even want anybody to come up to the vending machines at all. Like, he didn't want to share the space, nothing. And Which I is was probably like, why people felt so weird when so they went up there because he's got the energy so going. So unwelcoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just looked like he fed off of the lights because, like, mm-hmm. one would work, one wouldn't. It's just the perfect setup for it so um i'm like hey we're going away like we didn't mean to provoke you i just i wanted to know honestly like why you're here and why you won't leave because you've come into my site and now i have to deal with you because Mm -hmm. this is happening so we all go back downstairs ho hum our day goes on i go home and i understand this now because i researched it more but at the time i was so ignorant that i immediately was like so freaking drained that I I was like, why am I so tired? I haven't been this tired. I didn't even do anything yeah, today. Yeah, feed off you. What is going on? Yeah, and I definitely, like, I can understand, like, I gave mm-hmm. that dude some free fucking fear. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did not charge him. He got it. Um, <laughs> so I went home, and I was like, I'm so excited to go home. I'm just going to, like, take a nap and then wake up and do dinner and wake up and do this all over again tomorrow. And I dive into the deepest freaking sleep that I've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. And... This has happened to me multiple times, but somebody has come to me in my dream and has been telling me to wake up in real life. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you if it's a life guide, spirit guide, if mm-hmm. it's 
sleep paralysis if it's like if it's just something a scientist could come in and be like no nothing weird's happening to you well it's basically it's, a dream you're having right is that what you're saying that someone I'm comes dreaming and, says that? and somebody comes into right. the dream and they're like you need to wake up this is what right they're like hey this is what's happening in reality right now so you need to wake up yeah like they're letting me know that what i'm actually experiencing uh, it's I'm not. Mm -hmm. So you need to come, you need to wake up. Mm -hmm. And that was one of those scenarios where I was out of my body watching myself sleep. Mm. And I was going, hey, you need to wake up. Uh, that guy's here. Oh, the one from school. The one from school that mm -hmm. we, that I had just said, hey, I don't want any freaking problems. Mm -hmm. You're just creeping me the fuck out. I wanted you to know like, yeah, I do see you and I don't want to see you. So mm -hmm. move on. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hovering above myself watching this. And me, my higher self, this person, I've never been able to identify. It was like, you need to wake up. And my body sleeping, I can now come back to and feel my body. And the the feeling when you know somebody is standing over your bed mm -hmm. is exactly what I felt. And I felt like pure fear because I was like, oh, great. I've attached this to me now mm -hmm. and I've brought it home and I'm home alone. Worst fucking fear ever. Mm -hmm. Besides the whole they're in the house. Right. You know, <laughs> because that's how that was my they're in the house moment. Mm -hmm. I wake up. I look over. He's standing in front of my bed. I blink. He's gone. I sat there terrified and I analyzed that moment the rest of the night because I was like, okay, Cheyenne, like, were you, you weren't awake yet, right? Like, this didn't happen and this didn't happen. And I know you want to believe it this way, but like, nothing's really for you. you don't, nothing came attached to you. Nothing's coming on. But it's honestly so much easier to believe all those things happened not like oh i give up it's just easier to go this way it's just like no, it actually resonates and feels right that i really did experience all of that mm -hmm. and that wasn't some weird outlandish label of a psychosis that i can be like mm, move on mm -hmm. like okay cool that was a paranormal experience i don't necessarily know if i believe it's a negative one I just think it creeps me the fuck out, and mm -hmm. I don't like the red beady eyes. I don't yeah. like any of that stuff. And again, that is a really haunted part of Quincy. Mm -hmm. I lived in a house in Quincy, and it was 108 years old when I moved into it. So automatically, before you even know that you're going to rent it, I'm like, we're probably going to live in a haunted house. Mm -hmm. Probably. But that's foreshadowing my next story, because... You have another one. Well, okay, I'll tell a house story. I'll tell the one at our rental house that I just mentioned a few minutes ago. So we were building a house. Long story. Anyway, we had to move into a home for a few months. We had dogs. It had to be, you know, somewhere that they would allow us to have dogs. Anyway, and in our school district, it was just a whole thing. So we got this house um, for a few months. And... The house was just off. It was off, but it was our only option. And every time you went in the garage, and to this day, I swear to gosh, there was a dead body in that garage somewhere, like in the attic or the ceiling of it. Because, and it, it was also the middle of summer, mm -hmm. right? And so you go in the garage and the smell was just outrageously bad. Like you couldn't be in the garage because it just stunk so bad. Ugh. And I kept trying to tell my husband, I'm like, you need to go in the attic and see what's up there because there is something dead up there. I'm like, for all we know, there's a human up there. We don't know, right? 
And I'm still to this day convinced there is a dead human. To me, but it is. I know. We never looked. I, honestly, I think he was too scared to look. <laughs> I would be, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to. No, it wasn't no going to be way. me. So um, all the time, all the time, when I would come into the house, like after work, whatever the case may be, all the cabinets were open. In the kitchen, like just open, 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 open. Like somebody nope, went nope, through nope, 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 nope. and opened every door. Nope. And I would go through and I would shut every door. And I mean, it was just it was just like a thing. You know, you have to walk in the house and shut the doors because they're all going to be open. So that was one thing. Um, the smell was one thing. Um, but the 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 time. OK, so the, another I'm going to tell you the big the big one later. But so we were moving out finally of this house, moving into the house that we had built. And um, a friend of mine had come over because her son um, needed the dining table. We were getting rid of stuff and we had a dining table we weren't going to use anymore. And her son was getting it and helping her move it out. Anyway, um, he said that he saw a man walking in our garage and he was so convinced of it that – and the only people that was there was me, my friend, our kids, and him. And he was so convinced of it and we're like, there's no one here. And he's like, I will not go back in that house. And he refused to step another foot in our house again. Right. But this was the end. So one night – I am that friend. Right. I am not going back in that house. And we're like, there's no one here really. But she had told him the stories of everything that – had been happening to us in the three months we lived there. So um, he was like, no, mm -mm, no, thank you. <laughs> but okay, so there was a, it was a night, I went, it was really more towards morning because it was time to wake up. And um, I had, I was laying there kind of sleeping, but not sleeping. You know, it's that time when like you're almost awake, but you're just not ready to get up yet. You know what I mean? And I hear someone come inside our house and I'm, I'm like, I think I hear someone in our house. And I'm telling Ricky, I think I hear somebody in our house. And he's dead to the world. He doesn't hear what I'm saying. He doesn't care. And um, I'm laying there not moving, not because I couldn't move, but because I didn't want to move in case somebody was in the house. I didn't want to make a noise. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm laying there and I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm just making this up. This isn't real. There's nobody in our house. And then I start hearing footsteps. And the footsteps are coming towards our bedroom. And I was like, oh, my God, somebody is coming here, right? This is happening. Again, like I hear noises in the garage, but this is happening. And um, I'm like, Rick, somebody's coming towards us. Rick, com somebody's coming towards us. Now, if you ask Rick afterwards, I've said nothing to him. But to me, I've said all of this. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I said all this. He may have just been too asleep to hear me, which has happened before. <laughs> um, so anyway, I hear these footsteps coming towards me and I'm freaking out. I'm not moving. I don't know why I'm not moving. I don't know why I didn't run upstairs to like protect our children, but I'm, I'm not moving because I'm too afraid to move and make a noise. And um, they're standing beside my bed and then they get on top of me and push me down. And that's when I scream. And when I scream, Ricky wakes up and he's like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm like, I can't get up. But of course, then by this time, at this point, I can get up and I realize there's nothing there. There was nothing that walked through the house. There was no nothing that got on top of me, but um, there was, there absolutely 100% was. Mm -hmm. 
See, and there's some people that would listen to that story and they would be like, that is sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the terror will always lead you to believe <laughs> there's obviously something there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I believe there's something there because I'm scared right now and I have goose pimples. Right. <laughs> no, I'm 100. I, there I told was... you, I hate your stories. It's not like, hey, I hung out with Jesus by a lake. It's. The rental people, house, 100%. People, was, keep, yeah. people keep coming in. People keep walking. I keep hearing all these noises. It's the mm-hmm. type shit. Yeah. I well, just, and it wasn't a knocking. It was definitely <laughs> like somebody was walking yeah. through the house. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, I know what footsteps sound like. Right. Yeah. And I know anything. I wasn't asleep because yeah. I had opened my eyes. I had looked across the room. But I had closed my eyes to pretend I was asleep. Yes, because if you're going to axe murder me, can you please make sure my eyes are closed? Right. Well, you know, it's like it's like part of you is like, do I do something? No, in this moment, what you're you're frozen. You can't act because it's not because your fear and you're overanalyzing the situation. Yeah. And you're like, no, you've got to be making this up. Just stay still and you'll know if it's real. You know. I'm sorry. It just creeps me out. I don't even I don't mm-hmm. know what to say about it. And by the way, when we went out. All the cabinets were open. <laughs> like, you know, we got up and I'm like, there was someone in this house on me down. He's like, no, there's not. And I'm like, come on, I've got to go look, you know, and all the cabinets were open. It always freaks me out when they're able to, uh, like, you know, move or touch or throw a physical mm-hmm. object or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It shows the strength and I respect it as much as possible. But, yeah, it definitely scares me because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not physical. Yeah. Like there's, I think there's that movie, it's called Invisible Man. Hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a Kevin Bacon movie. Maybe it's not called Invisible Man. I don't know. But he, you can't see him and it's creepy. Is it the one where like he eats and you can see the food digest? Yeah, this is more like a science experiment gone wrong. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's plenty of like ghost movies out there where, Mm -hmm. you know, they do the didn't. Right. The shit. The sixth sense. (laughs) Yeah, I can't I can't stand it. I can't explain truly how uncomfortable this um episode is for me. Right. Now the story it's not on like the overwhelming joy perspective for me. Like I enjoy (laughs) it. It's like Yeah. It it feels like gossipy almost. I don't know, but I still get uncomfortable when I talk about either I keep going away from my microphone. Damn it, Cheyenne. (laughs) Um I still struggle with talking about my own experiences and talking about others. And I don't have an issue with believing if it's real or not. I, it just creeps me out. Now, were you going to tell the story about the house that you had roommates? Yeah. yeah. I was just trying to think about which one because there's so many. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, they're just like short little snippets. But like I said earlier, I moved into this house in Quincy with my two best friends and immediately we knew the house was haunted. One, because like we looked at them and like, okay, so like what's going on in the house? It's mm-hmm. 108 years old. It was your grandma's. And she would be like, oh, grandma's definitely here. She's here to protect the house. She goes, even when I lived here after grandma had passed, I would like light candles in the living room. And she would like blow them out if I left the room because she was always terrified that someone would leave a candle in the house and it would burn down. Mm-hmm. So you know, that was her mission afterwards. She's like, she usually hangs up in the attic. Yeah, she'll walk around. She's like, I don't know if you actually like see her. She goes, but if you're going to live in this house, you should definitely respect her because 
this is her house Mm -hmm. and she'll only be good for you if you're good to her. And Mm -hmm. I'm all about respecting the dead. So Mm -hmm. I was like, cool. So we have a grandma living here. That's awesome. Um, not the only thing in the house. Yeah. So we did the tour of the house and I didn't say anything about a little boy that I saw in the closet of my roommate's room. And, uh, we're all deciding whose room is what at this time. And there's just a hallway that's goes down past my bedroom. Uh, the left-hand side of the wall, there's a doorway that goes up to this really cool attic. And then there's a doorway, you know, at the end of the hallway. And it was clearly a kid's room because it was painted blue walls. And Christopher walks in there and immediately he's like, this is my room. Mm-hmm. And I open the closet and I see a dead kid in there. And I'm and like, like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know. So, uh, I didn't bring that up then. We walked through the rest of the house, went back downstairs, and I was like, what about the kid, the little boy? And the lady again was like, wow, I didn't think you'd see him either. (laughs) And they were telling us the story, like, these things happened so long ago that it feels like a myth to me when I bring it up. I think Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part I have about telling the story. And do you remember it exactly right? And I I Mm -hmm. do remember it exactly right. I thank God for the memory I have, and then some days it feels like a curse. Um, But I know I had these conversations, but they happened so long ago that it's like, wow. You really just, like, tuck it back in your memory and go, that happened. You don't really pull it apart and transcribe it for listeners Mm -hmm. so we're having this conversation about the boy and they let us know that there's also like the boy's mom is in the house too Mm. so grandma boy's mom and boy yeah but they're not related like this is the grandma and the boy's mom and the boy the mom and the boy are together right the grandma is a completely separate Mm storyline uh the boy got sick in some time when a sickness rolled through this area i don't have any of those details i just know it was one we'll of call those it the flu <laughs> well it's like was it the bubonic plague right. was it this was mm-hmm. it that it's like no i did not go into that research right i'm i was already freaked out because i had to live in this house and all the things that happened to us while we were there uh long story short boy got sick boy would get scared from being so sick that he would hide under the basement stairs Mm. because he didn't feel well and then he would like hide in the closet mm. and i don't know if he died in the closet or where he died in the house or but if eventually went there because he was safe there exactly mm-hmm. but either way it was whatever disease had swept the americas at the time mm-hmm. uh the one where you had to like lay the bodies out on the side of the road and they would comb throw them on a wagon and they would burn them all because mm-hmm. they didn't want the disease to spread mm-hmm Live to dead, dead to live, whatever. So I think the story goes the son laid out on the side of the road for a couple of weeks and the mom wore these big black mourning dresses, you know, the one with Mm -hmm. it looked like. Victorian kind of high necks. Victorian, yes, high necks. What am am I trying to say? A brooch. It is, but it's a certain cameo. Oh, okay. Cameo is is what I picture. Um, mm-hmm. And the dress is gorgeous. Uh, it'll never leave my mind, even though <laughs> I didn't physically see it, which is right. why it's hard to tell a story. Maybe one day I'll get better at these because I'll have to keep saying them over and over. But there's a window in our kitchen, and the mom looked out that same window to see if they picked up her son's body while mm-hmm. she's mourning his death. Mm-hmm. 
you hear that story and you're like, oh, God, that's so sad. Okay. And that happened in this house. Okay. All right. This is, oh, all right. Um, so we would come home and those blinds would be open when we would close them. And we immediately, from the time we moved into the house, understood that if the blinds were open, maybe most likely it was the mom looking. I mm -hmm. didn't see the mom, like, immediately at the house. I knew mm -hmm. about the boy, and I knew about grandma. Mm -hmm. Have I seen grandma yet? No. I know she's there, so I'm respecting it. Mm -hmm. And if I do hear something, I call out to them specifically, like, hey, boy, hi, mom, hi, grandma. It actually makes me uncomfortable. I, I wish that I was better at seeing apparitions, but they, it really creeps me out. I'm so sorry. Maybe one day I'll get past it. Um, my friend was over and she was in our kitchen one night while we were all waiting in the living room for her. And she doesn't even finish what she's doing in the kitchen to like walk in. And she goes, all right, who's the little boy and the mama? <laughs> she's like, you guys aren't going to tell me that your house is haunted. I go, if you can see them in the kitchen, <laughs> you should clearly be able to walk into our house and sense it. Mm -hmm. She said, oh, I knew that you had activity in your house, this whole neighborhood. She goes, but I didn't know that I was going to be like getting a glass of water or getting a beer and I would turn around and run into a mom in a black dress and a little boy running past me. Mm -hmm. And I like we don't tell we didn't tell people the stories because where we're from hauntings are fun you like to go on ghost trips mm -hmm. i didn't want to live in a house where people actively wanted to come over to my house <laughs> just to fuck with the dead right because i thought then you have to live with them after well, they mess not them just up. that but i thought that i had a role in protecting them and mm -hmm. letting them live the way that they needed to live if you're mm -hmm. in a time loop of grief where your son died and you're in a time loop of disease like I don't have the tools to help you, but I sure am not going to turn you into some tourist site mm -hmm. because of an, an incident. I believe we had at our house where we had a bunch of people over. We told them, hey, just so you know, like we do have spirits in this house and we respect them. So don't be lighting candles and walking out of a room. Um, the attic door opens when it wants to because that's where grandma's at. Mm -hmm. And we had people really late at night we're in our early 20s so we're all intoxicated at our house and they all think it would be a good idea to go rip open the attic door and run up and see if they can see the apparition of mm -hmm. grandma and shit like that i just really wasn't into and um the door never opened and you like we put our foot on the side of the wall and tried to open it because once you realize it doesn't open i'm like did you break my doorknob because right. these these are original doorknobs right <laughs> you know very classic can't really replace them so i went up to the door to see if i could open it to make sure it wasn't broke not oh hey now we can't get in and i put my hand on the door and i was like hey you guys need to go back downstairs because you could just feel you mm -hmm. could feel it in the room and i put She's my hand on the shit. door and i could picture somebody on the other side of it and it's the same outfit that one of my boyfriends saw her in which is a later one i'm going to tell um and i put my hand on the door and i went i am so 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 sorry i'm so sorry thank you so much for holding the door shut i'll never send anybody up to disrespect you again like let me get all these jackasses out of our house most of them are staying the night because we had parties you had to stay the night mm -hmm. but i just i remember still to this day like seeing her on the other side of the door and she wasn't she wasn't pissed like horror movies she was disappointed and upset and i felt that that night that i failed her mm -hmm. so that was like a really hard encounter with mm -hmm. her for us because 
um, it just shows the ignorance of humans based on how they're taught Mm -hmm. to interact with spirits. Right. You know, like I I do, she kept us safe Mm -hmm. while we lived in that house. Yeah. Um, I used to sleep on the couch when I was at that house too. One, because the couch was super comfortable. And two, I had a huge king-size bed in my room. And um, someone would walk up and down the hallway. And there was a board in the middle of the hallway where my bed was on. And the board would creak the same time, like every time. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. I know what footsteps sound like. Right. Um, I thought for the longest time that, like, I didn't really hear anything. And then um, Jonathan, my other roommate, was like, there's someone totally out out in the hallways at night. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a dog, our dog would react to it, everything. So I, like, I moved the bed as many times as I could. I didn't have that many options. And I eventually would just fall asleep in the living room until roughly between 2 and 3 in the morning. And every time the mom would wake me up because she would be walking in the kitchen and she would break the light that was there. So that creeped me out because it was... Every every time I would get tired, I'd be like, you need to go up to your bedroom because mom's going to start walking in the kitchen back and forth. And one day she's going to walk in this goddamn living room. You're going to piss yourself. Mm -hmm. So I would just be scared just like you were hearing something in your house, not Mm -hmm. wanting to move and staying in place. I would wake up every night on my couch and be like, I don't even want to move because maybe they don't know I'm in here and they'll just do their little time loop thingy and mm-hmm. go away. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to walk up my winding staircase. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do any of this stuff. So my boyfriend stayed the night and he only stayed like twice because the second night he stayed, I've passed out quick and I woke up at like 530 in the morning and I... He was in, like, cold sweats, like, kind of trembling next to me. And he looked like he hadn't slept all night. And I was like, that's weird because I had a delightful sleep. Mm -hmm. And he said, is your house haunted? And I was like, yes. And he's like, by a lady in, like, an old, white, Victorian-looking dress almost. And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good description of, like, one of her outfits, I guess you could say. Because it's a younger version of Grandma Mm -hmm. that walks around. It's not like who she was when she died. And um, he goes, yeah, she grabbed my foot in the middle of the night on my side of the bed and looked at me and pointed and said, get out, get out of this house. Because mm. she was protecting you. And that's what I think so, too. At mm-hmm. the time, like at the time you hear that voice in your head, I was like, "Ooh, what'd you do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I mean... <laughs> juicy details right later. like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the most honest of relationships right. but I still find it funny that this grandma that I had probably only seen one time in an apparition form so to speak um was like here and she's like get out because she never told me to get out anytime mm-hmm. um <laughs> so I still think that's really funny yeah when I think that get out because mm-hmm. he never stayed after that I had to stay at his house all the time which was fine because my home ended up turning into, we used to call it the halfway house for lost roadies. Because, oh, <laughs> I mean, just anything that you're going through, like you had a place to stay. you just passing through. you just hanging out. You're mm-hmm. having a hard time. Let us help you. Right. And then like Here's my the sofa. Yeah. Well, no, I took the sofa and the guests ended up staying in my king size bed <laughs> because I well one. I love the couch. Mm-hmm. And two, I was just like, if I was like 
going through the stuff that they were going through, I would really want them to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I know that staying on the couch for some people is comfortable, but it's also like very open and impersonal when you're trying to do something like sleep. Mm -hmm. And if you've slept in very uncomfortable situations or places where it's, you feel unsafe to sleep and you're looking for that peace, then you should probably put them in like a guest room. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have a guest room because all of our bedrooms were taken up. But mine was, I mean, I just have positive affirmations on the wall. I have posters. Like my room was my sanctuary everywhere I went. So I was like, you should stay in my bed because it's a king size bed. It's comfortable. You'll have your privacy. And, you know, just like do, go decompress off of what you're going through. Because if people were staying at our house, they were in some weird in-between places. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm leaving a relationship. I'm going into this. Da -da 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 -da. Dang. All these noises coming up. <laughs> so I forget where I was going with that. But having that many people pass through... I slept in different rooms of my house all the right. time. At one time, we had, like, two couches and two different living rooms in between the boy and the mom and the grandma. And there was one other one, and I think it was just passing through and, like, left. Because <laughs> our roommate used to talk about one other one in it. I still don't have any reference to it. Mm -hmm. But seeing ghosts scares me. Yeah. And I have my own experiences, and I really struggle with talking about them. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I would... I was better at talking about it, but it's just, it's not of the norm where you're yeah. sitting around talking about life and you're like, yeah, I saw a ghost last night. Super, mm -hmm. super weird. So I probably, I, I feel like I should just apologize for like how elongated my stories are because I still <laughs> try to rationalize them as yeah. much as possible because mm -hmm. I'm like, you have to understand <laughs> this is, this is what I'm trying to deal with right. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So we could tell ghost stories for days, but... Days and days and days. So long. <laughs> I rattled off like four yeah. that I didn't even mean to tell. <laughs> but, you know, this episode's probably long enough and probably editing long enough because of all the technical issues and noises we've had. Yeah. And I have a swivel chair and I realized when we were listening that it sounds like my voice is going back and forth. <laughs> and I feel awful about that audio quality. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I'm like, shit. But it's probably not going to change either. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to get a different chair because it's making it makes me comfortable to continuously move all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, we went over a little bit about exorcisms and had some technical difficulties, which I found was super weird. Mm -hmm. um, Different kinds of entities and spirits we encounter. Yes, our own stories. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the part of the episode where we say you should reach out and tell us your stories. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, and to my favorite part of the episode is where I introduce music that I freaking love and I love Unlike Pluto. So I picked uh, Yippie Kaye is our outro song Yippie today. Yay. Yes. So thank you for listening. I hope this leaves you in good spirits and you're not all freaked out yeah like we are right now stories because <laughs> i gotta go stage myself we'll see you on the next episode y'all bye